Welcome to the Tome, a D&D news, reviews, and interview show, and I'm your Tome editor, Sam Dillon. And today we are bringing you Season 2 of the World Tree Burns podcast, the official actual play 5th edition D&D podcast that takes place in the Cobalt Press setting Midgard. We hope you enjoy this season, and without further ado, let's see what Dan Dillon has in store for his players. Hello everybody and welcome back to Encounter Roleplay, my name is Will and we're d Sex Icon and we're back today for another episode of Cobalt Press's The World's Tree Burns. Oh boy, are we getting into it today my friends. So uh, it's great to be back, let's start by going around to cast and the crew and reminding ourselves of who we are and who we'll be playing tonight. Let's start with our inimitable Dungeon Master Dan Dillon. Dan, how's it going my friend? Uh, it's going fantastic and I'm delighted to be back. I'm bummed we missed last week and I'm ready to, to dive back into the game. So I'm Dan Dillon. I'm the Dungeon Master for the World Tree Burns and I'm just so delighted to be here on Encounter Roleplay. Thank you, Will, once again. Uh, and yeah, this is the World Tree Burns in the campaign setting of Midgard from Cobalt Press. Dark fantasy, um, just dead devils and exploded dudes all over the place right now is where we are. So uh, so yeah, let's let's get around to everybody and get into it. <laughs> Fantastic. Uh, let's start off today with Scarlet Moff. Scarlet, how's it going today? Hello, I've missed everybody so much. I've missed playing. I've been shaking by going through withdrawals. It's, it's like coffee, but worse. Mm. <laughs> Truth. I'm, I'm just D &D, excited to get back It's like it. coffee, but worse, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it does keep you awake at night. <laughs> That's true, yeah. Oh my god, it's all coming together. Um, well, tell us a little bit about how you be, uh, who you've been playing today, uh, Scarlet. Uh, I will be playing Rowan, the uh, Ravenfolk cleric, who uh, may or may not be already uh, dead. Hmm, yeah. yeah. One of there the was that bombshell last time. Yep. That's a whole thing. Thanks, yeah, Glass. <laughs> <laughs> well, speaking of Glass, Tosco, how's it going tonight? Hey, how are you doing? I am excited to be here. I love the Midgard world setting. Uh, it is a pile of fun. We're, I think we're going to get into a lot of fun Midgard stuff and things today. Uh, some of the deep lore that I love so much. But I will be playing Glaz. He is a geomancer. He is a trollkin. And uh, he is... Uh, he uh, you know, did what he needed to do to make sure the party was going to be okay. I have no pro see, do not see why everyone is having such a problem. <laughs> well, last but not least, we have McLoken with us today. Loke, how's it going, my friend? Uh, it's going great. Apparently, uh, Cloak is the best one at keeping his secrets, you know, uh, away from everyone, uh, unless he chooses to tell someone about it. Uh, so there's that. I just want to point that out to the rest of the players. Uh, winky face. Um, hi, everyone. I'm playing uh, Cloak, uh, the lovable, honest gnome. Who never tells a lie and gets everyone out of every situation unscathed. Um, yeah, I'm I'm excited. I know we had last week off, but that just gives me more time to plot. Um, I there's a one thing I know I want to do today, but I don't know how this is gonna turn out because I think the paladins are gonna show up soon. <laughs> I don't it's know the sound of any of that. <laughs> it's not Ross's. Oh, <laughs> Wait a minute, I'm a paladin. Um, 
Speaking of which, uh, yeah, world's the worst paladin rear then here. Um, he's uh, he had a damn fun time fighting some devils. Uh, aside from you know nearly dying a couple of times, uh, that was pretty awesome. Getting to show off his, uh, his proper paladin abilities uh, the other week and getting to banish and make things scared of me and stuff like that. So uh, he's having a good time, but he's now uh, fully on the, the the vengeance path, I think, because Cassinia has. Uh, he suspects, at least, uh, slighted him uh, one time too many, and now he's uh, he's in for some revenge, I think. So, um, before we get started today, and before we get into the uh, the mess that we've uh, just gotten ourselves into and just out of, I guess. Uh, I'm ready, guys, with a couple of things. The first of which is we are sponsored here today by Cobalt Press. Go to CobaltPress.com. We're playing in a wonderful world of Midgard, um, and uh, it's just uh, fantastic to have immersed ourselves in this game uh, and as well for so long. So definitely go and check it out. They've got an amazing interactive map that you can go look at all the different cities and towns. Uh, and of course, they've got PDFs up there coming out every day, it seems like, for extra Midgard materials, races, classes to play with uh, and enjoy with D&D 5e. Uh, and of course, our usual list of sponsors includes FancyGrounds.com, our virtual tabletop of choice. You can go download that for free on a demo version. And I believe their other licenses are on uh, on a Steam sale right now. So you can go to Steam and you can check out Fancy Grounds and see what the discount is looking like over there. Uh, and of course, WhalingGames.co.uk is a go-to destination for tabletop board games, war games, and more at up to 20% off the retail value. And last but not least, www.dicenv.com is a place to get all of your dice needs. They have a uh, subscription box that you can sign up to for as little as $5 uh, per month, and they send mystery dice uh, to your house every single month. So if you're a dice addict like all of us here, then you can uh, join us in indulging your... In, uh, in, I don't know. Well, is there a term for, like, dice addiction? <laughs> your habits? Your, right? your, like, your habits. A, a dice? <laughs> I like I that, yeah. Yeah, they, 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 we'll work on that. We'll work on that for next time. Uh, your discerning taste. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Do not eat the dice. They look tasty, but please, they're ve right, they're yeah, they're very gritty. They are a hazard, small children. Uh, go ahead and retweet this tweet if you haven't already. You spread the good word of uh, Midgard and encounter role play around. And of course, you can donate to a fellow game as well by giving players now ones, now twenties, wild magic surges, and oh, so much worse. <laughs> so, uh, without any further ado, I will hand over to Stan Dillon to remind ourselves of what happened last time on the show and to take us into tonight's episode of the World Tree Burns. Indeed. Uh, so last session was pretty straightforward. It was a knockdown, drag out, uh, no holds barred, just devil battle, right? A, a little rift to hell tore its way open through the body of a hapless mercenary who was in uh, one of the employer, uh, sorry, the employees of a of a kind of slight ally of your folks, um, Vandessian Thrick, the leader of the Black Shields Mercenary Company. Uh, the devils erupted onto the scene during a sit-down between the Black Shields and the Cloven Nine, a gang of tiefling infernalists, and uh, the tieflings pieced out immediately. Uh, their first actions were all Dimension Door across the board, and they were out. Uh, the Black Shields had no such quick escape, so they were in the thick of it, uh, shoulder to shoulder with you guys battling against these devils in the middle of the silk scabbard up on the second floor. Uh, panic ensued. It was horrible. There was blood. There was guts. Rowan almost died a bunch. Um, and really, everybody just kind of pulled out all the stops on all their cool tricks. Uh, Tilly, our dwarf fighter, who sadly not with us at the moment, um, 
She went to town beating devils to death with her uh, with her silver-clad shield, since uh, silver weapons happened to be their bane, which she found out uh, rather fortuitously. Um, Glaz unleashed some arcane might, and at the culmination of the battle, when you guys were fighting the Horn Devil, who was kind of the uh, the terrifying leader of this. Uh, hellish trio, he pulled out a dark artifact that you guys had collected. One of the pages, one of two pages that he has from an item called the Nullifier's Lexicon. Uh, it is stamped with all sort of uh, void magic and uh, void speech, and he apparently has been studying it and tuning to it in his uh, in his off time. And so he broke out a full-blown void magic spell and let out this uh, litany of blasphemous chanting that uh, undid the Horned Devil, stopped it in its tracks, made it drop its weapon, cost it an entire turn, allowed Rowan to get away without being killed with an opportunity attack. Uh, all kinds of great stuff happened, and uh, that ended up being the the devil's undoing. And that's kind of where we left off. Um, <clears throat> we left off sort of in the aftermath of that craziness. Um, the Black Shields have sort of taken their leave after thanking you for saving their asses, and uh, Thrick has sort of given you a standing invitation to call on him if you guys want to talk about whatever's going on and kind of fill him in. But... Uh... <laughs> <laughs> Terry with the 10,000 cheer for Pigeon. Oh, my God. <laughs> Holy shit. All right. Well, she That's warned me that was happening, so. <laughs> pigeon pants, noted. You will <laughs> Can we, wait, wait, right. wait, 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 wait. What the fuck are pigeon pants? I, oh, I saw it in them. <laughs> no armor. All right. So yeah, I know what she's talking about. Pigeon uh, pants. <laughs> Tari82 happens to be my lovely and talented sister, and so we've talked about this a little bit. Uh, she is donating to give Rowan some frigging armor <laughs> so, <laughs> so she could maybe not be uh, annihilated quite so handily as has happened in the past. Uh, and that's a that's a pretty big cheer, if I'm not mistaken, right? Well, what what level are we That sure at is. Uh, I, I don't even know. What is that is that like, is. that's magic item donation level or what are we talking about that's 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 way that. and above let's like uh let's see okay. math let's like <laughs> you have plus 10 pigeon a fucking amazing that's, that's pigeon armor yeah, this, this is what i'm saying it's kind of what it is it's kind of a okay. go mad uh, is it right. pigeon sized or, armor or is it armor made of pigeons uh it's armor for a giant pigeon so uh so it'll be it'll be functional is armor for you will racist Mm, no, I don't think so. <laughs> All right. Uh, so in the aftermath of this battle, uh, there was a little bit of a, uh, a horrified revelation as the rest of the party realized what Glass did. There was no way to not realize it. Uh, people were bleeding from the eyes. People were vomiting. Glass's mouth split and bled as he spoke these words. Uh, reality itself tried to reject them. It was all crazy. Um, in addition to that, every okay. time Rowan has been grievously injured, which has happened a few times, and particularly when this devil was straight up trying to kill her, uh, her body sort of became spectral and ephemeral and was fading away. And so this, a couple of revelations came out. One, that Glass has been dabbling in void magic and, and void artifacts. Two, that Rowan is apparently some sort of ghost, uh, which is a little perplexing to people, uh, especially Ryoden and Cloak, who have used healing magic on her that shouldn't work on an undead creature. But they've seen all sort of ghostly things from Rowan, uh, and and Glass has kind of 
pinned it down and put it together. She is some sort of undead, some kind of ghost creature. Uh, and so I think that you guys were talking about wanting to hash some of that business out. So that is where we're going to go ahead and pick up. And one bookkeeping note I did want to mention, Will, I don't think we were taking this into account, but you're a level six paladin these days, so you have the aura of protection. Remember that when people are within 10 feet of you, they have a bonus to all saving throws equal to your charisma modifier. You're you totally right. bitch, Will. <laughs> I just wasn't using it then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, did, I didn't need it. I didn't want to break it out yet, darling. <laughs> well, maybe you didn't need it. Yeah. I need to sweat. No one, well, right. no one knows that it was. So there we are. Uh, the 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 din from the the ground floor of the silk scabbard uh, has quieted at this point. You can hear voices, but it sounds like they're employees of the of the bar and brothel uh, that are just sort of filtering up. And you can hear that uh, voices are shaky. They're distraught. They're trying to recover from what just happened. Thankfully, most people didn't actually directly witness what happened on the second floor. A couple of people probably saw the edges of it, but for the most part, uh, thanks to some timely intervention from Puff Puff, the blink dog, uh, most of the bystanders were pulled out of the kill zone before anything terrible happened. Uh, so that's where we're going to pick up. So I'll let you guys kind of, kind of jump in as you prefer. Glass is starting to clean up the mess. I mean, we've got the body that was ripped into. We've got okay. sort of ectoplasmic demon gook or whatever whatever demons leave behind that, you were saying they yeah. kind of went, wasn't that evaporating so uh the horned devil that was killed in kind of in the throes of the void magic its icker is not like evaporating or really going away some of it has kind of uh kind of kind of burned away and left behind this little dust, but most of that kind of thick gelatinous black goop that was left behind is still there, just sort of like quivering. Can I can I the, collect um, more of it? Um I, I, I'll help the cloak to gather sure. some of it. Oh yeah, you were you were collecting vials of it. So yeah, you 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 collect I had you know, two your, so far. Okay, uh, I'll say you can collect another one, and uh, it starts to kind of solidify a little bit, and it becomes this almost um, styrofoam-like texture that is uh, hard to work with and kind of crumbles to powder in your hands. But you have, I'll give you, yeah, you have three vials of devil ichor. Um, can I? The, devil, uh... the, the horned devil's fork, its big old metal spear, uh, that stuck around, and uh, it was chucked down to the to the first floor. That's neither the arena, isn't it? Yeah, down down on the first floor somewhere, uh, and the uh, the chain devils their bodies their bodies are just gone, but there are lots of remnants of their chains that they were draped in, sort of scattered about. As Cloak realizes that giant spirit, he collects the last of the blood. He goes and gets it, and he's like, "I can reforge this into my sword." <laughs> okay, all right. So this thing, um, it, it's think of it like a, a, a you know kind of a long spear sized for a large creature. So mm -hmm. it's a good 15 feet long, maybe 12, 12 feet long. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I know what I need to do. Sure. <laughs> I know it's uh, like so... super long and I have to be careful, like holding it. Yeah. I'm going to like, <laughs> um, the, the end is like on fire, isn't it? Like that's still a principle of it. So the forked tines uh, at the end of the spear are not on fire, although you can see that they have scorched into the wood. It looks like they were they were red hot, and it looks like the inner heat on them has died, and now they're just sort of uncomfortably warm. 
and cooling off naturally. Oh, damn it. It's not magical, is it? It sure ain't. I mean, it is It is hellish iron, so... <laughs> I mean... I want to see what it looks like. It looks like that. Yeah. Well, that's pretty cool. <clears throat> I was like, Klaus, we can make a dagger out of this, and I can make another short sword or imbue the iron with that short sword. That'd be pretty cool. Or I could get, like, new armor made out of hell iron. Oh. <gasps> I'm not sure so, if iron is the best idea. <laughs> so Cloak wow. is uh, Clo Cloak is dragging this massive spear, kind of <laughs> dragging it along the floor from these two scorched marks where the tines were just burning into the into the planks. Uh, you see um, Drajan, the the bald bartender, kind of um, cleaning up shattered glass and and overturned tables, and he shoots you sort of a. Kind of a, a scared look, cloak over his uh, his big black kind of handlebar mustache, and he just sort of goes like busily right back to what he was doing. It's like he just nopes out of whatever the hell was going on upstairs, and he's absorbing himself in mundane, normal. I run a bar work at the moment. Uh, you can see Kaja is talking to a few of the companion uh, workers of the Silk Scabbard, and you see the long velvet coated. Uh, uh, Tyron, the owner of the establishment, and he looks like he's coming back in from outside where he's finished ushering most of the patron or the rest of the patrons out, and he is uh, speaking with the bouncer as they shut the doors and lock them up tight. <clears throat> I'm like holding the shine spear, and I was like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that would be really great to play fetch with with Puff Puff. Too big. A giant Thank spear you. that I can barely <laughs> hold. <laughs> Yeah, yeah exactly. made of iron. You know what? You know what dogs are like. <laughs> I could start jousting. So, so upstairs, um, Glaz and Rowan and Rio Dan. I know Glaz said you're you're trying to clean up the mess up there somewhat. So you've got yeah. the bits of the devils as already described, and then there's the corpse of uh, poor Barris the Black Shield who exploded from inside out, uh, and so there's just gore and like caramelized cooked blood spattered all over the place that charred in this hellfire. I mean, I, it's I know prestidigitation can't like make it It'll go help. away, but it can at least like, it'll help kind of like act like a broom, <laughs> like magically prestidigibroom it. So, so, so basically what that'll do is that that'll essentially let you scrape it off the floor and you'll still right. have to kind of gather it up, but oh, you, yeah, eventually, you know, con yeah, concentrating, Using your cantrips, yeah, you can basically get that stuff out of the grout, <laughs> at least for the moment. This this is bound to smell if we leave it up here. It's going to be awful. All right. Awful. Uh, it's going to be awful. Um, awful. Yeah, very good. So you guys uh, take a few moments. You get the uh, the mess kind of squared away and, and cleaned up, and uh, you have the body kind of rolled over onto a sheet with all the rest of the remains that your guys are going to find a way to dispose of. And so finally, in the wake of all of this horribleness, things just kind of settle and are quiet. Question, there's no way that this body could be, or what remains of this body could be raised, could it? Uh, not with a... Um, so you have what? You have access to Revivify? Oh, no, or... I mean, 
I mean, I was going to do a gentle we'll repose to make sure. Oh. No. Oh. Uh, I mean, that might, that might be a bit hard so, if uh, he doesn't have any vocal cords left. So the damage to the body, there's really... <laughs> um, it's only intact from about the, the belly button down. Uh, and the rest Ooh. is, uh, yeah, it's it's going to require something along the lines of a true resurrection to, to bring this poor bastard back. So I think uh, that is simply beyond anyone's means to manage. Okay, I probably don't need to worry about anyone bringing him back for nefarious purposes then. There's really not enough of a corpse or a skeleton to, to animate, if that's what you're worried is there, about. Is there just a, a tablecloth or curtain or something around? Uh, sure. Yeah, or a, like a sheet, like, a sheet or a pillowcase yeah. from one of the nearby rooms. Yeah, and Rowan's just going to drape that over yep. the yep. remains. Yeah, no problem. So you guys basically have it shrouded in a sheet. Uh, yeah, cloak. Um, while they're doing that, do I know, can, I rolled something last time and I know this was a summon that took a long time. Do I know if there would be any markings on the body to tell me, uh, more about the, the ritual that was cast on them? Um, it's possible. You're, you're not sure on the specifics. You're mostly, you're mostly just knowledgeable of the essentially the magical principles and the metaphysics that go into something like this, you don't know the mm -hmm. exact procedure that was used. And again, being okay. blood magic, uh, because of the way you witness those, the weird effect happening with the, the, the poor bastard's veins right before he popped. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah. It, you're just not aware enough of how that school of magic, for lack of a better term, works uh, to know um, exactly what to look for. So all of a sudden you hear as Cloak is bringing the, the spear up the stairs and you're like putting the sheet over it and he's like, no, 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 no. And he takes the sheet off um, and then he starts uh, undressing the armor and like taking off the, the pants side and he's like, we're gonna see if there's any like wounds or anything. And then starts, yeah, basically undressing this half body. Okay. I mean, I so, was just trying to cover up the mess and forget it was there. So you all have had maybe a minute and a half to like sit and clean your hands from all of the nasty work that you've been doing, and uh, and start to kind of come to grips with some of this. And and a lot of the the words that the words that were spoken in anger just a few minutes ago um, are still kind of ringing in your heads. Uh, and so it definitely hasn't been a comfortable quiet. And then that's all shattered by the, the sound of iron being clanged on the stairs and cloak coming over and basically tossing this body over and starting to autopsy it down. <laughs> Can I just include this in my previous insight check about the, uh, on the, um, <laughs> um, uh, or do you need me to roll another insight check? I can roll it. No, so uh, you don't need to, you don't need to make one at this point. It looks like he's just kind of looking for clues. At the moment, okay. uh, you've already you've already twigged to that he is pretty um, scarily knowledgeable about infernalism, um, yeah. but you know he's just kind of checking this guy over for you know whatever you can find, right? Uh, and so uh, on a quick cursory glance, cloak, you kind of flip him over, you move what's left of his armor and shirt out of the way. Um, you can see that he does have some strange marks on his body. It looks like he has some light bruises on um, 
the side of his ribs down to his hip and what looks like probably down across his butt. Um, mm-hmm. And then on a little bit of the stomach that's remaining, you can see some scratches. And at first you think maybe they were from shrapnel or bone fragments that sort of exploded out of him um, or, you know, the lashing chain devils. Uh, but mm-hmm. you, you look at it a little bit closer and it actually looks like fingernail scratches, a little more mundane. In his stomach? On his stomach, yeah. Oh, like the outside of his stomach, right? Like, like the outside, yeah, I'm sorry, not not his okay. stomach stomach, like like on his tummy. <laughs> okay. Kind of kind of down past his waist, uh, down towards his hip, that sort of deal. Sort of, sort of heading down towards his groin. At this oh, point, we can shit. also see the inside of the little, stomach, can't we? You can see a you can see a little bit of a a little bit of evidence of some no no touches going on there. Rob, well, I think we need to go to the perk fetish. <laughs> what dice now? Me? Well, look at this, and he like flips it over, and he's like, "He liked getting spanked," and then he flips it back over, and he's like, "And he liked getting scratched." And there's a lot of you know. Uh, uh, old and style stuff going on down uh, below. Um, uh, so, uh, um, he like, <laughs> <laughs> he, uh, he looks around and kind of goes in and I was like, I don't know if you guys know this, but like the book fetish is like open late and it's like a, a weird sex shop where people like getting tied up and stuff. Um, well, that, that explains that, uh, Contraceptive herbs. Yes. Well, that explains a lot of it. Uh, Riodan, so as he points out these marks to you, you can see that they do indeed look like, you know, kind of amorous fingernail scratches, except there's mm-hmm. something that kind of hitches your attention, and you look a little closer, and while they, they do look like they were made with fingernails, you see just the barest bits of a pattern that kind of makes your blood run cold because you recognize some of it. It looks like there were very specific symbols that were scratched onto his skin, and they are most assuredly blood magic. Hmm. Can I detect magic? Just pouring over his body here and just making sure. Sure. Uh, All right. So you cast detect magic and sort of look around. Um, There is... No active magic other than the things you all have on you. Uh, so there's there's a scattering of magic items, and I don't know that there are any active spells still going on, but you all, uh, you know, you pick up little auras of magic here and there, and you recognize pretty much yeah, most of them. Armor. Yeah, yeah, there you go. That sort of deal. Um, there is kind of a faint lingering trace on the body, and you can also detect a similar lingering trace in the middle of that burnt scorch mark where the uh, the rift to hell opened, and you suspect that's going to kind of leave a whiff for a while. So there's definitely some lingering conjuration magic traces there. Um, and there's also a prickling sense of something hanging in the air. It's like cold needles scraping over your skin. It is unlike anything you've ever experienced before through Detect Magic, I believe. And uh, Mm -hmm. it seems to mostly be hanging around the kind of calcified dusty remains of the Horn Devil and a little bit on glass. Uh, and in fact, when you look over at Glass, you can get a, 
Uh, you, what did you do with the lexicon glass? Is it wrapped back up and oh, you wrapped, wrapped it back it up nice. in like a towel? Yep. Yeah, yeah. Right, so it's put away. Nothing so better because we haven't had a chance to make, go get right. the lead case yep. made. So for the the nullifier's lexicon is put away. The so remains of the old of the old calico that's covered it is just in ashes on the ground, isn't it? The remains of the um, of the horn devil. The old cloth. The, oh, the, the old, oh, the old the, yeah. oh, uh, yeah, the 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 moldering fibers of the canvas he was using to wrap it. Yeah, you probably pick up lingering traces off of that as well, like uh, fiberglass slivers under your your fingernail your fingertips as you kind of wave your hands over them. Um, yeah, really, I would say blood magic. His patterns there on his back, more than just a lover's quarrel, if you ask me. Well, he must have frequented there. No doubt, no doubt. But and you know turn then, it, that night. Well, it, it occurs to me that he may not be the only patron there as well. Could be that Cassinia found him there. That it is my concern. That Cassinia got to him, and how she found out that we were having this meeting between the two. It was not to target mm. them, it was to target us, to target you specifically. Well, as much as I hate making everything about me, <clears throat> it does oh. all seem about me. So. Oh, you liar. You you don't hate it. Hmm. Well, I well, mean, uh, here's the thing. They're open right now. Well, Are we really wanting to go march in there right this second, especially if Cassina just conjured three devils? For this meeting, I mean, I... that that took time. Okay, that that Agreed. took a lot of time. That wasn't just like, oh, look, I cast a spell on you. That's like that was like a goddamn ritual. I mean, like, but it was blood magic, as far as I can tell. But that's all I really know. Rituals like that Shh. take a lot of preparation and a lot of time. If it is anything like the magic that I know, then it would have taken at least a day, if not longer. I would suspect Seems right now, right now she'll just suspect perhaps that we're dead, or at least a few of us maybe. She'll be mm. at her weakest when she's at her most confident. I can do some reconnaissance. The last thing she'd expect is for us to walk right in there after she sent three devils after us. Well, I would well, because it would like be the to... most reckless thing we could possibly do. The most foolish. You'd be signing your own death warrant. Also, I would quite like to have a nap. I'm feeling... Mm. You're dead. Didn't we address this? Do you need naps when you're dead? They say that you can rest when you're dead. I mean, is that... Is that what they mean? That like you can just sleep? Same as you would normally? That's rubbish. You ask a lot of questions, which I do not have the answers for, and that enrages me. Well, I'm not the one setting the, no, the exam I... here. I mean, you sort of threw a no. curveball at us. Well, why did you think I maybe did not want to tell you? It's like, oh, hello, I'm Rowan. I'm a Ravenfolk cleric. I'm also dead. Lovely to meet you. I mean, a little bit of honesty. What, what wouldn't you say, guys? Mm. Is it just me? Is it just me? Well, All your right. friend Glass seemed me. to... He, he cottoned on pretty 
early into our friendship, whatever this is. I'm not sure if you still want me around, honestly. I did not mention it because it was not mine to mention. But you did seem to insinuate that you were rather unhappy that I did not let you know sooner. I am... I was concerned that you uh, were wondering if I was concerned about other people's lives. That I could have killed us all. You could have. No, in fact, I could not have. Do you have so little faith in me? Do you really think me I so stupid have... to do something that would kill everybody here? I have faith in your knowledge and in your intentions, but... You trifle with things you do not understand, troll. Oh, and you do. So please tell me all about it. Tell me everything you've learned about void magic while I've been studying it for the last two months. While I've been going through every tome in the library, while I've been talking to every person in town to research, to try to figure out where this, this came from. I understand it is very frightening, but magic when it was first developed was very frightening. Look at evocation. You can go back to the ancient writings when they were developing evocation and everyone was like, oh, it's too dangerous. It's too dangerous for anybody to be able to do these things. Now we throw fireballs like we're throwing darts over at the tavern. Conjuration. How do you think these got here? People go to every day to Commit an act of unspeakable evil. Research is important first. <laughs> Void magic, magic is, is not inherently evil. Just like necromancy is not inherently evil and just like a dead bird is not inherently evil. No, I find the dead bird is actually quite delicious, but that's neither here nor there. Gross. Is that cannibalism? What? I, I eat chicken and smaller birds. I am a corvid. What do you expect? Have you not seen ravens? I guess. But have, have you that's... not seen ravens pick at the corpses of the poor deceased? You're doing it now. Back to Glass's <laughs> point, which I feel also needs to be addressed. Magic is inherently dangerous, yes. But the void is more than that. It corrupts you. You've gotten a taste for this power now. How long before you use it again? How long before you want to go and find the rest of the pages of your lexicon? Oh, I would like to find the rest of the pages right now if I could. Because... What you have heard before this is just the gibbering of people dabbling in this, what they do not understand. The lexicon is the guide. You have to understand there, there is a deeper magic in this world than what most of the hedge wizards are using. You use it yourself, the rune magic, the blood magic that we are talking about, my geomancy, the clockwork magic that powers this city. It is a deeper magic than what we currently know. Void is just another part of that magic. Yes, it is scary, but I would postulate that it is what made the Ankashelians be so amazing in their craft. Yes, it is uncomfortable. It's not something that I wanted to use. I did not start using void magic all willy-nilly as soon as we had trouble was when we had to have it because yes it is unnerving it 
does not mix well with the physical world, but if you follow the rules, just like the rules of magic, the void can be harnessed, and harnessed not just for evil, but for good as well. Now, I don't claim to be any authority on magic whatsoever. My powers come from elsewhere, and are largely due to my intense charisma. But uh, does your professor at university, at the college, is, is he aware of this? Would, would they approve? I mean, everything I've heard of void magic has been in a very negative sense, but perhaps this is a matter of the new thing, you know? I don't know. Is your darling paramour aware uh, of uh, your studies? I am not even going to address that with a comment. Because how dare you? How dare you even bring that up here? You think that I cannot hear you? Do you think that I do not hear with these giant Tolkien ears of you? Oh, sweet summer glass is so innocent and so naive. Isn't he the most wonderful thing? For 10 years, I studied magic in Vimya. To understand and to study magic is to look into the darkness of your own heart and decide what you want to do with that power. I looked into that darkness inside myself and decided to choose the light instead. And I choose to live my life in the light. And if I, I decide that I do not want to run around in the fuckhouse every night with a different person or run up and talk to someone who I am interested in, in their studies. That is none of your business. I know you are not naive. You have intense knowledge, deep knowledge of things and a deep curiosity to understand the world. And that is my concern, not naivety. I've known your sort before. They've come to me for advice before. And their reckless want for knowledge is oft their undoing. It may have been mine as well. We're not so different. I, do not I might add that uh, <clears throat> someone once told me over and over again that our actions don't just affect ourselves, but also our friends as well. So, you have my blessing to do whatever it is you want to do, Glass. As long as the rest of us here are safe as well. That is it's natural for us to be concerned. I appreciate your concern, and it is always my first concern to make sure that anyone is safe around any magic I use, including that of the void. I did not make that choice lightly, but I do not know about the rest of you, but I believe we were running out of time and running out of options. Well, my question is, is what do you hear when you dabble with void magic? 
Well, you access the void. It uses void speech, which we have heard before. That no, is. No, that's not what I'm asking. It's a, you told me a long time ago, or not a long time ago, but you know, whatever. Uh, you know, when you listen to the ley lines, you hear a song. Yes. What song do you hear with the void? The void does not sing the same way that the ley lines do. It is, I would say, it is the silence before the song. Have you ever gone to a orchestra or a band or a show and there is a hush that falls across the crowd right before that first note is played? Yes. That is the void. It is the something that is nothing. It is the something that is waiting to become something more. Well, with anything that I've seen from it, and this is uh, as long as we had the tablets and how it affected other people. Uh, it will eventually consume you. And I don't think it can be something that can be hard harnessed even with the most study. And I think that's the lure, especially with when you're intelligent and understand the the weaves of magic and i i've, I've seen it and I, I know and i i see the lore of it and i see the power and i see that you want to wield it for light but i think what it comes down to is that you really have to make a decision and it sounds like you pretty much made up your mind and that's your decision and i respect that but just know that this is probably going to eventually eat you away until you're like that man who stood in front of the dark tree, the dark oak, the shadow oak. Yeah, that thing. The shadow crack. The, bla the black oak. <laughs> the black oak, that one. Thank you, voice. Well, is that not the nature of the void to consume all light and all of it, all it sees? I, I don't Indeed. think anyone understands the nature of the void. I think it's something, I mean, the the people who harnessed it before, the, something happened to them, whether history is correct or not. But I think what we, I don't think we should presume anything. I think if Glass has studied it and think he has a good handle on it and is not abusing it every 10 seconds, I mean, essentially, yeah. But it eventually will work. It might even be like 100 years down the road before it drives him mad. I don't know. But it's it's Glass's decision. Well, since he plenty of evil deeds have been committed in a noble intention. But I oh, agree. Definitely. If you won't, if you won't heed the words of the dead, then I leave it to you, Cloak. You what? watch over him, and when the time comes and he can no longer be of his own mind then you will do what you must not gladly because I won't be glass anymore also I know how step happy you are I during this entire things. during this entire exchange puff puff is laying down next to cloak and just kind of resting her chin on her paws, and her eyes are just kind of bouncing around to whoever's talking at the time. 
I, I, then at that point when we're kind of like all looking at each other and I, I go down as like pop off and I go on an adventure. Uh, her ears perk up and she lifts her head and her tail starts to go. Uh, and at this point, uh, I would uh, look at Glass and it's like, can you bring that giant spear thing home so I can take it to Paula in the morning and melt it down and make a sword out of it and maybe armor it? Yes, I will. Giving Cloak as a penetrating look. <laughs> uh, and at that point, uh, he would look at everyone and cast Pass Without Trace, his last second level spell, get on Puff Puff. He cast on him and Puff Puff. Uh, and they would uh, stealth out the door. Um, okay. Uh, cloak and the uh, and the blink dog head towards the stairs, and as they do, the sound of their footsteps just sort of gets swallowed by the uh, the little wisps of shadow that start to cling to them as they go blurring the outline of their bodies. Um, and as you make your way down and out of the silk scabbard cloak, your your red cloak just kind of curls around your left wrist and tightens somewhat reassuringly. Okay. Like like it's warning me of something? No, it feels almost like a caress. Okay. Oh. Thank you. Thank you, Hook Or like or like someone squeezing your arm, you know? Mm-hmm. Alright, so uh Cloak and Puff Puff make their way out. Uh, hmm. what are the rest of you intending to do here for the next uh, the next stretch of time? Vlaz is going to go home and have a cup of tea and get some rest. He is okay. tapped. All right, so you're just looking, basically all just looking to break and, and recoup from whatever the hell just happened. Oh, yeah. Carlin's going to check it. He's going to um, take Riordan into his room and check, check in on him. Okay. Mm -hmm. All right, Glaz, you uh, you gather up the uh, the the devil spear and uh, start making your way out. Um, Riodan, yeah, Riodan and Rowan, sure. Since she did just you know turn him into a berserker. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like I'm yeah, probably off the still has. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've got makeup wipes on my bedside table, so it's all good. <laughs> little wedges. Sure, yeah. These are exfoliating. <laughs> Uh, what is it? <clears throat> Sorry, still coming down. She's going to she's going to um sit him down on the bed and start like get some cloth and start wiping away the the uh, rune from him. Well, I wanted to make sure you were uh, yourself and right. I I did not I did not hurt you with that. Oh no, no, I've had far worse. Um, Thank you, no, I think it helped, whatever it was. I've... Strange, but as Glass was mentioning, I guess, suppose whatever uh, we need to do to get the job done. You should not lose yourself as you have before. Don't plan on doing that anytime soon. If anything, I feel like I've found myself again, just in a slightly different sense. I suppose. When you fought the devils, could you feel
feel the presence of your red lady? I think I could. Although she was different, more vengeful. I felt the same way. You exact, she exacts her revenge through you. I think so. And I think that it is my path now to accept that there are things out of my control that, uh, that I need to fulfill for one reason or another. Cassinia, she has brought so much death and destruction, not only my people, but now you and everyone else. It cannot go on any longer. She also serves Mirena, doesn't she? Correct. But in the tra traditional way, I understand. Different folks, different strokes, you know. How does it feel to have a goddess watching over you and the weight of, well, the world and of fate on your shoulders. My darling, you speak very highly of yourself. <laughs> no. I, I mean you, and you have certainly proven yourself worthy of being the scion of Osprey. I live to please Though I must admit that uh, Janiel's return has somewhat complicated things for me. I never expected to see him again, and that's brought up a lot of uh, familial grief. Uh, time's passed. I understand. I was once a young hatchling in love as well. Believe no. it or not. Really? Now there's a story. I would have been attractive as far as, uh, as far as birds go. Fine set of feathers, I'm sure. Uh, tell me about it. All right, so you guys kind of, kind of spend some time settling in, talking to each other, getting to know that kind of, that kind of deal. Rowan telling stories about your past and, and definitely and all wants to hear the, uh, the love story. All right. Um, so uh, if you have a story you want to launch into there, you may, but otherwise we can just kind of fade that scene out there if that's okay with yeah. you guys. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Uh, uh, rather than trying to make up all the details on the fly. Uh, so yeah, uh, Rowan, I would say that this is probably, um, uh, this is a welcome respite for you after that rather harrowing ordeal you just went through kind of having the chance to go back through, reach into your past, pull those stories up and lay them out. It really helps you center and feel grounded again and really just kind of more solid and anchored and, and present if that makes sense. So it's uh, you maybe don't, you don't going into that little the little interaction you don't necessarily twig to how much you kind of needed it and then as it gets going and then after the fact you feel worlds better 
having uh, gone through some of that and laid it out for Rio Den. Uh, so, we're going to flash over to Cloak. You said you were going on an adventure, Mr. Man? Yes. Where is Cloak gonna... off to in the dead of Zobek Night? Uh, so, Puff Puff and Cloak are going to make their way to uh, the book fetish. And okay. we're going to yep. break I... it. Oh, dear lord. Alright, uh, so, the first thing <laughs> that you're going to notice as you're heading out of the Silk Scabbard this is so is you you see a contingent of city watch and it looks like they were on their way to the silk scabbard with uh, weapons at the ready and they were stopped in their tracks and currently you see them engaged in discussion with a older gentleman you can't really get a good look at him because it's a good distance away it's nighttime, so even with your dark vision, details get a little fuzzy. Um, he uh, appears to be an older human, um, very well-dressed. You can't make out much detail about the clothes beyond the, the basic cut and shape of them. Uh, you can see that he has got some uh, longer facial hair that you would guess is probably gray, but again, color is becoming an issue for you. And it looks like he has stopped this contingent of soldiers, and they are just sort of uh, listening deferentially to him. And um, basically, by the time you kind of walk past and you're going kind of the other way, they're coming mm -hmm. from the, uh, the city center area and you're going up to the Collegium District. Uh, so mm -hmm. you can see that uh, the older man sort of holds his hands out, clasps the, uh, the hand of the, the officer in charge of this contingent, lays a kind of a paternal hand on his shoulder and basically dismisses them and they start breaking from where they were going and heading back the way they came. And I didn't hear anything they were talking about? No, you were, you were a, a decent uh, bit away. Okay. You were you know, kind of a block and a half away, and they weren't speaking terribly loudly, so you didn't catch anything. Mm -hmm. but, uh, but yeah, so that's, that's kind of breaking up, and uh, for a moment it's like, oh shit, here, here come the cops. But then you're catching the tail end as this older man just sort of sends them on their way back the way they came. I'm, I'm going to remember that man's face. As, uh, as, as, as well as you can, sure. Uh, why don't you go yeah. ahead and make me a wisdom perception check with disadvantage, just to see how well you can make out this, that, or the uh, other. Click disadvantage. Uh, here we go. Ooh, nice toss. Uh, dirty 20. <laughs> dirty 20. Okay, so I will make a note of that. Okay. Cloak will remember this. Cloak rolls a dirty 20. To remember this. <laughs> okay, so you uh, you head off down the street, and Puff Puff is kind of walking with a bouncy step, and her toenails click on the cobblestones in the sidewalk next to you as you guys make your way over the bridge into the college. Oh, district. they don't click right and, now because we're pass without trace. Uh, so that's like... right. You guys are you guys are passing without trace. So as you go, mm -hmm. the uh, the magical lamps here and there, particularly as you get out of Lower Zobek and into the college district, there are those kind of continual flame street lamps here and there. They kind of mm -hmm. flicker and dim and take on this bluish cold cast that creates these pools of shadow for you guys to slink through. Uh, and you do. You make your way to the book fetish. You head to the alley, and you look in, and you see the uh, the kind of the large window with the, the gilt paint proclaiming the, the shop's name, and there is soft light spilling from inside. And, uh, yeah, you are uh, approaching the store, and it looks to be uh, open and 
you know, in business. Is is there another way in? That the from the time mm. I've been here. So, uh, you have not noticed another way in. Um, you know that there's probably a back room behind that tapestry, mm-hmm. but you don't know if it has any other sort of like back entrance. Is there anyone at the back, front desk? Uh, yeah, you're going up to the going up to the storefront. Uh, I, yeah, I want to be able to like peer in to see if anyone's there. Yeah, so you head up and you look in, and yes, there are some people inside. You can see that Layla is behind the counter, and she is mm-hmm. talking with a um, uh, looks like a dwarf woman uh, wearing mm-hmm. scholarly robes, probably someone from the college. And uh, she looks like she's directing her to one of the shelves. And you can see uh, another person uh, uh, in there. You can't really see their face very well. They're seated at one of the little uh, little reading areas. Okay. Uh, and there's is there some sort of bell or creak to the door? There is a little bit. There's a little bell that tinkles whenever the door opens. Yep. If you open it just right, will it not go off? Well, it certainly would be easier since you have magic cloaking your presence and your movements. So this is what I plan on doing. <clears throat> Puff mm-hmm. Puff and I are going to uh, sneak in um, and make our way past the, the desk clerk. Um, the problem is I, the other people in the room would make it really difficult, I think. And that's why I like... Uh, so... You're you're spending some time watching. Uh, one of the people in the room looks pretty well engrossed in whatever they're reading or studying, uh, mm-hmm. so they're not paying a whole lot of attention to the rest of the room in general. And Layla is coming out from around the counter to go and direct the dwarf woman to one of the bookshelves. Okay, uh, I'm taking this opportunity to sneak on in. All right, I'll. Uh... Let's just go ahead and snag the map for this real quick and see what I can figure out. <laughs> so my, my plan here, Dan, is to uh-huh. recon and I'm not going to engage anything. That's why I'm 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 okay. splinter selling this. Sure. And doing the no kill playthrough. <laughs> Jesus. All right. We're doing a low chaos run here through Dishonored. All right. Um <laughs> Oh god, I can hear that alerted sound in my head right now. Oh, and I don't know if we got this or not, because I was just away, but Vex donated three pounds to give a success to Cloak. So thank you, Vex. Ooh, delightful. Oh, thank you so much. Thanks so much for the donation. <laughs> so uh, note that you have, uh, you have a net 20 in your pocket, Cloak. Okay, uh, I, will, I will see if I need it uh, for this. Okay, um, go ahead and make me a dexterity stealth check. And remember to add your plus 10 for... Uh, Ooh. That'd be a 18. 18. So thanks to the shroud of your magic, you and Puff Puff uh, slip into the door. Uh, you pull the door open and you sort of look up toward the bell and mm-hmm. your cloak reaches up and the corner of it wraps around the bell and stops it from making any noise. You slide inside and let the door click shut and you just sort of... Mm-hmm quick step your way around the counter to the hanging crimson tapestry behind the wall uh, on the wall behind the uh, the counter 
and okay. you pull it aside just at the corner, and you can see that there is indeed a doorway leading into a back room. Okay, I make my way. Okay, you slip inside. Uh, let's see here. I just had it, and I just put it away because I am a foolish person, full of silliness. Right. Like always going and ruining dance plans. Oh, pff, I'd live for this. All right. Um... <laughs> All right. So uh, you slip into the back room. You see uh, there are a number of cases in here. They have glass fronts, but they are... Um, heavy wood construction and they're reinforced with iron and brass and there is all kinds of interesting stuff in these cases it ranges from books to scrolls to crystals to uh vials of liquid some of which you can recognize as uh, familiar looking potions others you don't recognize at all um mm -hmm. strange bits and bobs um esoteric looking plants um, minerals, powdered this, that, and the other in mortars and pestles and in glass jars. Um, all kinds of strange things. Uh, bits that look like uh, things harvested from, from creatures or beasts. Okay. Uh, I'm not going to... I, I, I pay a little mind to it, but I'm more mm -hmm. looking... Is, it, is this room go on into uh, further? So it's not super huge, but um, there is... Uh, you notice that the uh, the doorway you slipped in through, it does in fact have a door, a very stout uh, steel reinforced door uh, that mm -hmm. happens to be open at the moment. A uh, little bit of fortune seems to be on your side uh, because it looks like it has multiple... Um, heavy locks on it that just happened to be unsecure at the moment. And uh, what's your passive perception? Uh, my passive perception is... I had to look real quick. Uh, 14. Yeah, I, don't, I, don't have, I don't have the card handy. Okay, 14. Uh, you hear voices from back behind one of the shelves. You can hear the sound of two men talking and it sounds like their voices are coming closer. Like they're just kind of e meandering from the back toward the area where you are. Quickly, does the door lock from the outside or the inside? Like uh, my side currently or the other side? So uh, it looks like if you were to close the door, the locks would be on the outside. Um, but if you, you, you can't see the other side of it, there may be keyholes on the backside as well. Or mechanisms to, to undo them. Uh, on my side currently. So the door is open. So what you're seeing yeah. is the door is is the side of the door that would be facing out. So you can see two stout keyholes in this uh, in the iron banding of the door. If you want to take the time to check on the back side, you could see what would be on the inside uh, side of the door, the interior side of the door. Okay. Um, but the voices are getting closer right now. Yeah. Um, you know, not quickly, but there ain't a whole lot of distance for them to cover, so it isn't going to be long. Uh, then I am going to, uh, it sounds like they're coming from the dark hallway. So there's no dark hallway. It's basically, think of it as kind of a long room that runs back kind of the, the length of this building that, that runs, you know, toward 
away from the, the little cul-de-sac alley where the entrance was. Mm -hmm. And it sounds like there's a lot of storage space back there. Maybe it's almost like a, almost like a library stacks or okay. uh, or or a stock room, a stock room shelves. In conjunction of where I know the outside is, do I know mm -hmm. where I am relatively uh, comparatively in the uh, uh to like, am I by like uh, the outside just, streets, but just kind of the overall scheme of the building? Uh, yeah, you. Yeah. I mean, you have an idea of where like the alley side wall of the building would be, and what would take you toward the other side of the block and toward a street. Okay. Sure. Uh, I make my way in. Okay. Um, go ahead and make me another dexterity stealth check, please. And remember that your your pass without trace is still running. Oh, uh, sure. Be thirty three. There is the barest flicker of a shadow as you and uh, Puff Puff, who kind of slinks low. She's almost belly crawling, but just mm -hmm. high enough that she can still move with quick steps. You kind of just swoosh your way past one of the shelves around the other side, exactly as two heavily armored, beefy-looking individuals step out from one of the other uh, corridors created by these rows of shelves. And they're kind of um... joking and talking with one another. Do they look like guards of uh, some sort? Oh yeah, uh, they're wearing splint armor. They have long swords and de and uh, and uh, short swords belted at their at their waists, and they have. Um... So they don't have any open insignia, but they have kind of like you can see a little bit of their uh, their their knit and or sort of. Uh, thick wool under uh, underclothes on their armor they have this very rich crimson red mm -hmm. okay um oh so they're guards for here oh yeah 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 uh oh i, I think that yeah this is chucks never mind not passive um i because i got urban uh natural uh explorer uh urban so mm -hmm. um, I thought there was something about me when I stealth, like I move at my normal rate. But that's I'm for like... that's that's more for like travel. Uh, that's not so much combat speed. So if you were going across the city, alley to alley, without being uh, without without trying okay, to be okay. seen, you you can actually move at at normal pace uh, okay. to get from say one district to another. Okay. Um, all right. So uh, I noticed. Do they seem? Is there anything peculiar about them as they walk by me? Like, is there something about their teeth that I'm like? Mm, they seem oh, do they look like vampires? Canine. Is what you're is yeah. what you're asking. Um, go ahead and make me an intelligence investigation check, please. Just getting uh, straight to the point there. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so I get double my proficiency. So this would be. I don't. I'm not trained in it, so I don't get anything to it. I don't think. Um, straight up, fifteen. Fifteen's good. Uh, all right. So they have um, kind of. You know, they they have good color. They don't seem very pallid. Uh, you don't notice any strange malformations or abnormalities of their teeth. They don't have any of that unearthly grace that the vampires you've encountered seem to have. Even the lowly spawn. There's something about the way they move that is just at the same time, creepy and beautiful. These guys don't have that. These guys are moving like uh, battle-scarred veterans 
And even though they're kind of joking and kind of just shooting the shit with each other, you can see that their eyes are just by habit scanning as they go. And it's a testament to your skill and your magical prowess that you are able to just in the space between blinks move where they weren't looking. Also, um, I totally forgot the language I learned when I hit level six. Uh, What was the, the, was it the Dracul language? Yeah, Dar- you learned Darakul, I believe. Darakul. Okay, let me get that in there. D-A-R-A-K-H-U-L. I gotta let me write it. Yes. Oh, there, there we go. Because uh, you have learned of the undead. The undead. So uh, um, is there okay. anything in, in particular you're looking for in here? Because you kind of have, uh, you have kind of the backside of the storage room to yourself for the moment it sounds like those two guys are settling in near the front and they're talking uh, in hushed tones so their voices don't carry out into the main store uh secret entrances <laughs> okay i'm looking because um, i'm like what cloak is thinking is that like if these people are part of it right uh and they did this ritual they wouldn't do it in the normal shady like fuck area they would have another ritual area they would do it in because he okay. knows Sure, sure. Um, so you guys want to do this in the shitty fuck area? No, 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 no. Let's let's step it up. Let's step it up. No, those squares are private area. We're better than this, guys. Come on, we're better. We planned for this when we were scouting real estate locations. Come on, what's the deal? Got the room all the out the back. It's perfect. You take a kind of. <laughs> you take kind of a quick uh, scan around the backside of the room uh, while you yeah. have the, the cover of those guys over on the on the front, and you don't find any obvious entrances. And it looks like most of what's held back here are books, but then there is all those other weird bits and things. Um, mm-hmm. So your passive perception is a fourteen. If you want to make an active uh, active perception check, you can go ahead. And I get double my proficiency, which, what is my proficiency right now? Is that plus three? So, that you're talking about for favorite terrain? That yeah. is to make checks kind of related to your terrain. So that would be maybe knowing things about the city, finding secrets about the city itself, not necessarily finding a secret door. Oh. Uh, maybe knowing about, a, like, a hidden entrance to the cartways, that sort of thing. I just I just found a really cool trick. Uh, apparently, if you hold the dice and right click, it multiplies the dice. Where you can just do that. It does. Yeah, 107. All right, we've been playing for like two yeah. years. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't. I accidentally right clicked, and I just found that out. Okay, so uh, here's my roll. Um, uh, 16. All right, 16 is good toss. Uh, so you are pretty well convinced that there is no secret door of any kind back here. And Puff Puff is kind of backing you up a little bit. And in fact, I should have mm-hmm. given you advantage on that because Puff Puff is assisting, but the 16 is sufficient, so we won't worry about it. Okay. Um, and she's kind of sniffing around, and you can see that uh, she's definitely picked up the scent of those two guards, and she's kind of keeping an eye over toward them. And she goes mm-hmm. up to the walls and kind of paws at it a little bit and is helping you search. Uh, between the two of you, you're fairly certain there are no secret doors or anything like that back here okay uh so um this is the the weird what what other like things are uh in this room there's like is this the same room with the weird bobbles or um yeah so like i mentioned there's you know looks like potions and scrolls and what must be Mm -hmm. strange esoteric spell components that sort of thing um 
Yeah. Yeah, so these are kind of rare rare spell components, potions, scrolls, uh, the tomes and books that Layla referred to as keeping kind of in the uh, in the special collection. That must mm-hmm. be back here. You're seeing a lot of those books. Uh, you do catch sight of a couple of books that have strange mystical symbols on them, and you suspect that they might be wizard spell books. Um, uh, you see, in, in one case, you see two strange-looking, uh, it looks like they were, um, they're probably carved uh, radius or ulna bones from a humanoid, uh, probably an adult humanoid of some kind, uh, and you can see they have strange etched symbols in them, and they're sitting in little, little like, cradle holders. They look like wands. They have, uh, like, leather wrapped around one side of them. Is it like what Rowan has? Like what Rowan has, like the rune she, stones that she has. Yeah, she or... has like the bones. She's like all grampy bones, and then like throws no. out. <laughs> no, that that's a deep cut. All right, no, uh, <laughs> no. This is these look like wands made out of a human's arm bones. What are wands? Like magic wands that have spells oh, coded into what them. What the yeah. fuck is going on back here? Okay. <laughs> Wingardium Leviosa, yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, that, that, if this was in Harry Potter, I'd be like, I don't want that Elder Wand, man. That's cool. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, where do they do the uh, weird bondage stuff to people? That's a lovely question. <laughs> <laughs> it does not appear to be back here. Yes, I would also okay. like to know this for reasons. <laughs> because of yeah. reasons. Uh, um, they, is re- it- you recall that Layla told you that they have an annex that she referred to as the Temple of Painful Pleasures. Okay. Um, what I'm going to do... Um, uh, there's a wizard's book? Uh, possibly. Is there anything in the language I understand, and uh, that would I oh would sure? Be... Uh, there are titles written in in trade tongue in common, um, mm-hmm. and it looks like uh, a lot of the books don't actually have titles on the spines. Some of them yeah. do. It looks like a lot of things like memoirs. Um, there's names that you don't recognize, but might be important to people in the right in the right mm-hmm. uh, scholarly pursuit. Um, yeah, you see so, uh, certain things that are most most assuredly some sort of holy text to to Morena the Red Goddess. Those books seem to be made of uh, a very strange kind of special leather. You're pretty sure you see a nipple on the spine of one of them. Oh, oh. Um, so, uh, with that They're being dyed said. Red. With with them worshiping Morena, and like the book is not like uh, carved up or like uh, anything like that, because they're after Riordan for being a worshiper of Morena, correct? Who's they? The the vampire lady. As far as you know, yes, the Cosinia is after Riordan. Yes. Um. So um, and it might be some throne shit too, but he doesn't know. He doesn't understand that shit. Um, so uh, what he's going to do, uh, and there's nothing else of valuable uh, value back here. Uh, so, uh, you, I mean, you surmise that the value in these cabinets is pretty damn high. 
but they are all locked. Yeah, uh, and I'm not here to steal anything. Um, I'm, okay. I'm going to wait for the guards to kind of like uh, turn around and like and start, start like yeah, yeah walk away make a little bit out. and then sneak sneak by them and then make make my way towards the annex if I can find it. Okay, uh, so while you're waiting, I'm going to go ahead and just keep your same perception uh, check you made before. You okay. catch snippets of their conversation, and one of them mentions the temple. And okay. as you listen, they have a chuckle over someone who was apparently trying to get in, but it must have been their first time because they didn't get the password right, and they tried to hand the coin to him with the wrong hand. And they both have a good laugh laugh over that. Oh, do I have a coin she gave? Oh wait, I still have that platinum piece. You go digging around and you have a yeah, you have a platinum headsman, one of the uh one of the platinum mint coins of Zobek, yeah. Um shit. Can I recall anything about what Layla said? I, I, I thought she said something about handing them a coin. In the book, did it say anything about that? The book. Uh, so the the notes were pretty sparse, and they didn't say anything about yeah. that. But you listening listening to these guys chuckle about it, uh, mm-hmm. you basically uh, hear uh, that them sort of joke about the the entry password, and you know the entry uh, the entry deal. Um, so they expect you to, apparently when, whoever's working the door of the temple, someone will offer them the headsman coin with their left hand. Okay. And you know that the headsman, uh, are kind of a specific mint. There are other mints of platinum coin around and the headsman is kind of a, a, a rare, less found one. It's sort of like, um, sort of like coins that are kind of out of circulation, if you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. It's sort of an older mint, so there aren't too many. They they aren't just sort of around, you know, and not too many people walk around with platinum for spending cash. Yeah. Um. Okay. So I would totally um take that information. Know that I have the hand with my left hand. Um. Mm-hmm. I don't know what the significance of that is. Um. So. Uh, do they mention where the temple is? Or I, I don't imagine they would, but just an offshoot. Um, so they don't mention specifically where it is. You also, with your check, catch another uh, crucial detail of the coin thing. It has to be handed over with the axe side facing up. So left hand, axe side up. is That's kind of like the password. Okay. Um... Then uh, I, I'll take that. I, I note that down. The X side has. Go to ahead be and uh, go. Go ahead and make me a wisdom insight check. I will do that. At a ten. A ten. All right. Um, so they don't mention specifically where the the temple is, but you get the feeling that it's close by. Okay. Um, I mean they're guarding in this room, but there's no entrance and. Uh, so that I mean, with with them here and and your insight check, they are clearly the guarding. They, they, they are guarding this room and the valuables yeah. in it. Okay. Um, so uh, as soon as I can, I make my way out with all that info. Okay. So you've got. I mean, you've got stealth for days here. Um, as they kind of 
drift to to another part of the room. They get uh, they, their their conversation kind of winds down, and they start to kind of amuse themselves a little bit. They go check various cases and stuff, just kind of mindlessly making their security guard rounds, and they leave you an open path to the door. You uh, mm-hmm. head up to the tapestry and take a peek out, and I'm gonna roll a die here real quick, and you can see Layla just walks out from behind the counter, like right in front of you, around mm-hmm. and starts, and she crouches down on the far side on those display cases, kind of opposite mm-hmm. the door and opens the glass ca- sliding cabinet door and starts messing with things, like rearranging stuff. Okay, I wanna sneak by to the other yep. annex so, area. So, so you basically have a clear path to the door at this point. Okay. Yep, so you can slip on out. Um, is there no other spaces here? Not in not in the room that you can see. No. Okay. Now, there, there was there another uh, hallway. I thought there was another hallway. Nope. Maybe I'm just making that up in my head. You're, you're so, making that up in your head. In my head, and comparatively <laughs> mm-hmm. to how big the building is, it does it. The schematics seem correct for what. Uh, like, so I was in the building. I know everything that's laid out compared to the outside. Does that seem appropriate? Uh, yes. Yes, it does. Okay. And then, uh, I would, uh, sneak out and then I would do a stakeout sort of, uh, and then stake out someone or Layla, or someone who works there that I know that works there, and follow them. Okay. Um, so are you waiting to see someone coming to, leaving from? You said you're staking out Layla. You're waiting to follow her when she leaves? Well, what? T- how long is she going to be there for? Is she going to be there till wee hours in the morning? I mean, uh, you, who you, looks- you don't know her schedule. If she's working the shop, till the, then it's going to be probably till about dawn. Because uh, I don't have a, a lot of time um, I just want you have, to, uh, yeah. Uh, so your pass without trace at this point is about up because it only lasts an hour. Okay. Yep. Then, uh, I totally make my way home. Okay. No problem. What, yep, with that you, info. Uh, you head on home. So I'd say at this point in the night, Glass, did you go pretty much straight home and into bed? Uh, yeah. Cause I mean, I, I mean, for mechanical reasons, he yeah. needs a long rest. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. He's, well, I mean, and he's yeah, also tired trans- and he used, exactly. And he, no, he's, He's beat. You know, it's, uh, he's beat he, his he knows like, that there are there are rules for using void, and so he is going home to uh, sleep it off. Sleep it off, yeah. And honestly, you're just fucking beat, right? You, you've you've been injured. Your your mouth and head are killing you. Uh, your lip is split. It stopped bleeding, but it still aches. Um, you have just the worst headache right behind your right eye. Just the kind that you can feel it pushing forward. Uh, it's yeah. just nasty. So yeah, you you get home. You kind of just shuck whatever outer clothes, crawl into bed, wrap Make yourself. Make a cup of like chamomile tea or something. <laughs> you know, sure. Just something sort of calming. Yep. And uh, and pour yourself into bed. So cloak. When you get back to the house, uh, you can mm-hmm. hear Glass snoring a little bit. I don't know if he snores normally. That's yes. up to you. Uh, <laughs> That's a so you can, yeah, yeah, sure. All right. So you hear him snoring like a meth fueled Umber Hulk tearing through bedrock. I imagine. And, I uh, imagine he's like this. Right? He's like he's like. 
beautiful light. <laughs> <laughs> no problem. Uh, yeah, so you head in, and uh, it sounds like he might be sleeping a little fitfully. Like his snores kind of snort and and start a little bit, and you might hear like a soft mumble, but then he goes back to snoring. So you and okay. you and Puff Puff head in and uh, and set yourselves up and and just kind of pour into bed. Glass, you maybe finish half your cup of tea before it just. I mean, the bed you, you can feel the gravity in it grabbing at you and just pulling you in, and you just you forget the the second half of your tea that's going to be cold and sad and nasty in the morning, and uh, and and you just sort of tangle yourself into the sheets and just pass out into this blissful unconsciousness, and you you find yourself sitting standing it's hard to say you don't really see or feel anything just in this kind of blackness it's pressing in all around you it's cold but not uncomfortably so it's empty and there's just nothing it's dark you get the the sense the feeling the impression of swirling smoke or mist though you can't really see anything it's almost like the darkness somehow is swirling in front of your eyes does it remind me all of, uh, like, where I met Kari, like, in the Shadow uh, realm? Uh, no, no. That place was a realm of perpetual twilight, and this this dark. leaden charcoal overcast. But it was, And it was dark, but it wasn't like this. Um, this is a bizarre combination of nothing but full. Okay. It's 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 really trying to it's 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 difficult to wrap your mind around, and it takes a little bit to you realize. So it, it kind of starts out with that feeling when you're having a dream, but it's like it's not you. It's like you're observing mm -hmm. someone else, right? And then slowly you get the feeling of yourself being there, and yeah. along with that feeling of presence, there is another feeling of presence, kind of over your shoulder. And you hear a voice, and it speaks, and there's a strange double-toned echoey quality to it. And it says, Ah, Glazishin, there you are. Oh, well, he sort of nods his head. So this, this is the void, or a representation? There's, um... There's kind of a lingering pause, and there's... You start to be able to... It's almost like you can see... You still can't, but it's like you feel like you can. It's very strange. And uh, you, you sort of look over, and there is the definite distinct feeling of a silhouette next to you. Mm -hmm. You can't really make anything out about it. It's uh, vaguely humanoid. It's definitely a male voice but it, it's very hollow and, and strange echoey. And it's silent for a moment. And, and then it says, I don't think so. I think we would know if this was the void. But perhaps well, it's close, close enough. I, I was going to say that the, most everything I read made it out to be much, much worse. And I was a little bit, you know, grateful that it was not you know, ripping and shredding and being torn asunder by all the little bits and pieces that make up people and things. So. <laughs> I've been trying to find you for some time. 
but I haven't been able to see you until now. It's nice. I haven't seen anything or anyone for a while now. And why is that? Not since you killed me. And that kind of echoes around you. Killed me, killed me, killed me. Ah. Ah, okay. So. As inconvenient as it was, I don't bear you ill will. I understand why you and your friends did what you did. And for what it's worth, I'm sorry about the Dampier. Well, I, I will forward your condolences. So, if you think that's wise, <laughs> probably not. Um, but so there is very, very little, as I bet you know, actual talk. There's more rumors and innuendo and side stories about the void magic and touching the void. Things that I am digging for and hoping to make connections on, but evidence is hard to come by, as I'm you, sure. You will find the way forward difficult. I'm certain you already have. Yes, though, your pages certainly helped. They give order where there can poss never possibly be any, but with time, it begins to make sense. Help! As much yes. sense as it can. Yes, they do that. I was forced... And it sounds like there's, there's this... Um, wistful kind of quality to his voice, like he's trying to remember and having difficulty. I, I was forced to push harder and draw more than I would have liked. I think it's because the pages are incomplete. If I had them all, if I had them all, it would have been very different. Oh, well. Such is life, I suppose. Such is death. Yes. You can't leave something like that just hanging there to a scholar, you know, and I bet you do know. Do you know where the well, rest of, of them are? I heard you tonight. I heard you clearly for the first time. It's how I was able to find my way here, wherever here is. I don't know where the rest are, and there's like this edge of irritation to his voice when he says that. It was all I could do to find those two pages. Ah. But I have heard an echo since my... He pauses as if he's thinking about what to say next. Death. I've heard an echo. I suppose that your companions have been at you if they know you were speaking the words of the utter dark? Yes, they do not. They have every right to be worried. It is a worrisome thing. 
Of course it is. And they are ignorant. They don't understand. They are worried. And they are right to be. They should fear it. However, I could tell. <laughs> At first I thought there was only the two pages. I did not realize it was a piece of something more. No, those are mere fragments of a greater tome. When you were doing your studies, is it truly the work or the discovery of the Ancashelians that did they wield it, the void, for benefit instead of just destruction? I know it seems to be the stuff of creation, but can creation occur without destruction as well? Now we're getting into it, aren't we? Ancient Ankashel lost so long beneath the waves. Who knows what secrets they kept? I found some of them in my searching in the West, in the dust, amongst the bleeding ley lines and broken roads. Only whispers, though. Only ever whispers. To the West. Speaking of the West, what was your purpose in moving the walker? Mm. What possible purpose could that have? Probably safer there than in the middle of the elven forests, but... It won't remain there for long. I shudder to think how it might behave once it returns to whence I drew it. Hopefully it will remain as it was, but I doubt it. They are unpredictable. They are unknowable. Don't try it. To attempt to know them will snuff your mind out like a candle in a hurricane. I understand. Tell me, Glazishan. What would you do to save those you love? To save yourself in the process? What, who can say what they would do when that time comes? I know I would like to mm. think... I'd like to think... that even if it took me sacrificing myself, that I would help the greater good. I'm not talking the about the greater good. I'm talking about the people you love. They aren't always the same thing. You can't afford to be naive. Yes. But you should know who you're dealing with. You see... I would sacrifice the people I love as well if it was for the greater good. You get the sense of a smile just over your shoulder, kind of like next to your ear. And then the next words come to you in a whisper. Then I think, I pray, you might understand me after all. 
There's one in Zobek who might understand the void without fearing it. I think you know who it is. Seek them out if you want to know more. He knows of the thief who found these two pages. I hope we'll speak again, but I can't promise it. Nothing is certain. Nothing is certain. And you startle awake, staggering and gasping, and you sort of sit up with this cold, aching feeling in your muscles and your joints, and you don't really feel rested. The headache's gone, at least. Uh, mm-hmm. And you kind of stagger and, and get your disoriented bearings and try and figure yourself out. It looks like you've been asleep for a few hours, so there's a little bit more night left, at least. Uh, mm-hmm. And it's up to you to decide if you can uh, if you can manage to get back to sleep at that point or whatever you do. Um, as I often do, he will uh, find the cold tea, and even though it's cold, we'll probably drink it just almost kind of out of... Well, this is better than not drinking it. Um, And he will think on what he just dreamed and then take a moment and listen to the song that has given him comfort since he was a boy and listen to the music of the ley lines. You yeah. hear the the deep, resonant, melancholy strains of the Shadow Road sort of echoing under your door and from the shadows under your bed. I think tonight he feels more connected to that melancholy of the Shadow Road than he probably ever has and lets it sort of lull him back to sleep. All right. So you're uh, you're able to finish your sleep and your long rest, and you can all uh, wake the next day feeling refreshed with all of your features and slots recharged, all of that lovely good stuff. Class, you're grounded. <laughs> you all don't know what I was dreaming. We didn't do none anything. Of had, none of us had any weird <laughs> dreams, did we? Some intense dreams. Um, so you guys. The rest of you had, um, you probably had very disturbing dreams. They were full of struggles and and fear, things chasing you, you struggling and not being able to, to do whatever it is you're trying to do. I'll let you kind of fill in the details for what that would be for your own characters. If it'd be vague, if it would be, you know, trying to actually fight something and just never being able to land a full strength punch. Uh, you know, those those horrible nightmare twists on the things we try to do, trying to run away from something and feeling like you're moving through invisible jello. Uh, you, you have disturbing, unsettling dreams, but they're not enough to disturb your rest. Uh, Cloak would have a dream where he fights grandmother over and over, and every time Ooh. she kills him and eats his bones while he's alive, and then as soon as he completely dies, he wakes up and relives the fight over and over and over and over and over. That's on brand. <laughs> the scariest thing for Rowan would be not dreaming at all. Then your dreams are empty and you wake up 
with no memory of the intervening time since when your eyes fluttered closed. And it's a little disorienting. For a moment, you're not sure that you actually did sleep. Maybe you just popped back awake, but no, no, it's morning. Maria then dreams of Cassinia. Uh, at first, it's like, uh, the, this, I guess is replaying the scene, the nightmare scene. Oh, no, it crashed. Well, nope. Uh, the nightmare nope, scene nope, uh, in the in the tavern room uh, when she yeah, begins to like, claw him apart. So I think he's just yeah. playing that over in his dreams, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> all right. Well, that's fun. <laughs> End up with <laughs> yeah. You guys have some good dreams. How did everyone sleep? I think Rowan just fell asleep on Riordan's floor. I don't think she would have bothered going back to the um, the dancing bear. Oh, all right. Yeah, yeah. You wake up and there's a there's a pile of rags and feathers over in your corner. <laughs> For a I, ghost, uh, uh, she seems like she sleeps pretty normally. It's a little weird. Hmm. Give her a little shove awake. Morning. Is it morning? Yes, it has been for a while now. Whoa. Uh, I did not sleep well. No, neither did I. Hmm. So sleep is a very Well, uh, yes, uh, time to get up and uh, see what trouble Cloak managed to get himself into last night. <laughs> oh, right. He left, didn't he? Yes, <laughs> and... Uh, I didn't get woken up on the way back in, so hopefully he's back and not suffering some dreadful fate while the rest of us all sleep away. I assume you came so, back uh, to our place, right? Yep. Uh, I uh, did, is... because... Yeah, oh, you saw me, that's right. You saw I, I wake up, like, cracked on like I normally do. Uh, yep. Puff Puff, and Cloak is, Cloak is standing on the uh, end of your bed, and he's like, come on, we got a girl. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> Good morning. He's like one of those oh, sleep yeah. paralysis demons. Oh, God. <laughs> no, no. That fucking Twitter thread still haunts me to this day. Yep, same. Uh, I'm going to go get a fucking door now. Are we not going to <laughs> get some breakfast from this kettle whistle? I'll work into that later. He looks at you slyly. You promise? Yes. We have errands. Puff Puff, is he lying to me? I look at Puff Puff. She um. You want she some looks sausages, at you. don't you? Sausages. It just, it just kind of it just kind of licks her chops, and then does like the little doggy prance when you start talking about sausages. Oh. <laughs> Is kettle whistle, she makes waffles and sausages. Yeah. So you guys getting breakfast? I don't know where. Are you trying to convince me? <laughs> well, yeah, you'll certainly have breakfast. Is she? It does it smell like she's cooking breakfast? Oh yeah, of course. Okay, okay let's go eat now, and then we go on errands. Sure. You guys go have a lovely, wonderful, filling breakfast. Um. The rest of you. Something. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. You'll, you'll, you'll meet up eventually. Uh, um, actually, no. no. Okay. <laughs> what are you up to? <laughs> Me. <laughs> I cast pass about a trace and I'm gone. Um, 
Uh, after we have breakfast, uh, I take Glass Puff Up and I uh, to uh, the uh, demon. The what? What's the demon club name? Their hangout. The, uh, the, the broken the seal. Oh, the broken, the broken seal. seal. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah the I make bar, my the way. They... Yeah, it's the broken seal. Uh, I make my way to the broken seal. What? Okay. What are you doing? Why are we here? You're going for breakfast. They have. I, I hear look, they have devil eggs. I was say. I, I, oh, I look, God. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, so, a uh, minor correction from the last time we did the broken seal. Um, I actually managed to find a, a little bit of a bigger write-up on it. So, it's actually not on the waterfront of the main docks district. It's out on the gullet, that uh, island, that long banana-like island, where all yeah. of the docks themselves are, and a bunch of uh, a bunch of warehouses and the like. Uh, it's out on that island, and it's um, there's a slate hanging above the entrance, and the entrance is actually a stairway down by the side of the building. It's a it's a basement door entrance, not a street level entrance. But other than that, everything else the same. So you guys head to that uh, head to that old stone building, and uh, it's got the the old kind of tar smeared wood timbers and the fading crumbling uh, stucco on uh, between the timbers, and that sign is sort of swinging in the river breeze with those um, eerily authentic magical glyphs and circles marking it. Why, am, why are we coming here without Riodan and Rowan? We're here to get information. And why, why are we you getting information? I, I, I hold up a mirror. No, um, I'm just like, have you met? Have you met you? <laughs> I'm a pretty honest guy. I don't know what you guys think. I don't know why you think I say anything else. Well, first, and then, I just got open the door. like starting to list off. He's like, "Let me get up my list." Um, All right, oh, so the roll unveils <laughs> for the fit rolls down the stairs. Yeah. So you guys head inside. Glass kind of like sputtering his his list as he follows after you, kind of holding up his finger, not really sure how to approach this. You head inside. Um, it is open. It is not busy at all. That ancient, sort of translucent skinned tiefling is behind the bar with those blood red eyes and the shark like teeth. And he is basically sitting on a stool with his arms crossed and he's leaning back against the wall and his, his eyes are closed and his chin is tucked down against his chest. And you can see his tail is sort of wrapped around one of the legs of the bar stool and the tip of it is sort of twitching back and forth. Is anyone else here? Uh, you don't see anybody else in the common room at the moment, no. Okay, uh, I walk up to the bar and I'm like, good morning! So he doesn't start or jump or even really react for, for a couple of lingering seconds. And one of his eyes just sort of peels open. You can almost hear the sticky squelch as the uh, that kind of deep red eye with no pupil peers out from behind it. He says, no, I recognize you. Yeah, well, it's me here. Or me as boss. 
What was the blue tiefling's name? <laughs> I was gonna say he uh, he kind of narrows his eyes at you for a moment. Uh, Nemea, 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 Nemea. He uh, he kind of slowly peels open his other eye and looks around, and then kind of looks back at you and just shakes his head. Nemea's bossa. Valis, you are looking for Valis. Yeah. Is Valus expecting you? No. He kind of snarls and his top lip pulls back from his shark teeth. Sit. Wait. And he kind of creakily unfolds himself from the bar, uh, from the bar stool behind the counter. And as he moves, his tail is still wrapped around the leg of it and it drags it a few inches across the floor. Before his tail kind of slowly uncurls. And, and leaves it behind as he's kind of starts shuffling painfully like old broken man walk across the bar toward the back. Look what the you yeah. and uh and it's like we need information. Uh I'll explain that in a little bit. And he like sits on the thing and he like pats the stool next to him looking at glass. And he's like so he sits So there. uh a few minutes later, uh unless well, uh, you guys well, have, in that meantime, like if you guys want to talk uh, or something, that's fine, yeah. So uh, he looks at uh, uh, Glaz and he's like, so you know you have those tablets, right? So why, yes. why, do you think, why do you think that is a good idea? Well, I think it is a better idea than to have them out in the world. I also believe that, I believe that we are up against bigger things then we know, and we are going to need all the help that we can get. And uh, you see Cloak think about that for a second, he nods, and he's like, you know, I've noticed that you've been narrowly looking at me, especially after last night. Well, yes. You lied to me. You lied to me twice, right to my face when I asked you what you were doing and then still didn't tell me. Do you you want to know the truth? I would very much like to know the truth. So, do you know Grandmother? I have heard of Baba Yaga, yes. Do you know, uh, and this is something you can never tell anyone. Um, so, and he like leans in and he sees no one's around and he uh, and, yep. in hushed tones talks to uh, Glanz. And he's like, so... Some time ago, a deal between Neheim and uh, grandmother went bad, uh, where she was hunting down our people and eating them repeatedly over and over. Um, And, you know, it wasn't a good time. Uh, So to counteract that, uh, we made a deal. Um, you are uh, using, you know, fight fire with fire, I suppose you said. You have your void magic, and I think you would understand this, but um, long story short is that we made a deal with devils, and that deal requires that we make a sacrifice per month. I, uh, 
very much went and I had to sacrifice someone last night. Yesterday. Was it yesterday? It was yeah, Jesus. Yesterday, uh, yeah, yesterday morning. morning. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yesterday morning when I left, I went and I sacrificed someone to protect my village. Clash just sort of stares at him. So as, as you understand, um, I mean, you sacrifice yourself as you use that and it deteriorates you and you use to justify your means. That's how it goes. I understand where you're coming from and that's what I grew up around. Why does no one... First thing, wow. Um, wow. Uh, I need to file yeah. that away and think about that for a moment. The, the implication of what he just told you is that the entirety of the nine cities of Nimheim have essentially yeah. all made an infernal pact. And yeah. they apparently have to, in some way, make some sort of monthly sacrifice to the Archdevils. Yeah. Also, no. how many months have I known you? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so Glad is going through all of that. He kind of needs to put, let me put a pin in. He's like, I need to put the pin in that, and we will. Wow. Um, I mean, comparatively, Void Magic. Uh, I mean, probably older and worse comparatively so, to sacrifices. Oh, well, here is the thing, and this is what no one will believe me. And I keep trying to tell you. And I know you all think, oh, I'm corrupt, and I have not, you know, I've taken the void into my heart, and it's now black, or something terrible like that. There are texts. And in fact, this text has some of this. But that the ancient stories tell of the creation of all of existence by means of a spoken word that spun the reality out of the void. These words of creation, yes, they are powerful. They are very powerful. But just as light creates shadow, creation does also cause destruction. That is what we are talking about. Here is the thing. Yes. If I were to bring out the lexicon and start casting void magic willy-nilly, it would get into me. There is no way I could... I would become corrupt. I would become tainted by it. Eventually, my flesh would warp because of the forces that are unleashed. But there, just like anything, I spent a decade studying endemia. We have rules by the minute sometimes that you must follow. You must learn. Ten years I was there. I was the only Trollkin. And everybody wanted to catch the Trollkin doing something wrong. Get them kicked out. Get them t taken back into the swamps to go collect herbs. Ten years. I learned how to do every little piece of things. Even the things that some of the elders did not still do. In Demia. That is what void magic is. It is a narrow path. It is a complicated path. It has rules. And I will tell you, we are not the only people looking for it. That is my belief. 
Oh, that's very true. But and then he like um, uh, stands up and he puts his little gnomish hand on Glass's giant shoulder uh, and he like looks him in the eye and he's like, "I never thought you were corrupt and or anything like that." But and I know the necessary to have power and especially in a world like this. But the the only thing I do know is that no matter how knowledgeable you are or and if you know everything about it and it still will always have a price and uh i know that firsthand because this cloak has the the blood and soul of my mother within it because she died trying to protect us so everything has a price it doesn't matter if you know a lot and i know you know a lot but, and I'm not going to say you're going to become corrupt, but one way or another, you have to pay your due. And I'm not going to judge on your, His hand on your shoulder, Glaz, and you've, you've seen Cloak fight enough that he uses his cloak like a duelist's half mm-hmm. cape, almost like a shield, whipping it around, yeah. blocking blows, spoiling game. So his cloak always kind of wraps around his left wrist, and you can see the hem of it kind of crawls around and over the back of his hand that's laid on your shoulder. Yes, I cannot say that there's a price. It might be a price that I'm not even aware of yet. Well, I mean, all I say is, you know, you're aware of it, but I'm not judging you. You're my friend. One of my, well, Reardon's, uh, I don't know what Reardon is. He he is my friend, but he's like my weird, like, let's go do fucked up shit friend. But, you know, that's, that's beside the point. Um, uh, I mean, Fair. uh, so I mean, I, you know what? If you are going to do it, then do it and own it and embrace it. But you know, just that's what I want to let you know. I understand where you're coming from. Yes, and I thank you for that. And. I guess we will see where these paths that we have put ourselves upon will take us. So, all right. We're speaking. So you guys, very, oh, I was just—I got one quick kind thing. of. Oh, sure, sure. Go ahead. <laughs> you are speaking very knowledgeably about infernalism last night after the demons. Incredible amount of knowledge. I assume devils. It is. Devils. Sorry. <laughs> oh, inf- I thought it was infernalism, is what you called it. Did I say yeah. demons? I'm sorry. Anyway, you said infernalism. <laughs> yeah, infernalism. Um, I assume that is where your knowledge came from. And infernal, I got lost. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Do you speak infernal, class? I do not, but that answered my question, which was, yeah. I assume that yeah. was Inferno? Oh, no. Also, I was the guy that did the thing and the curved hat. That was my next question. <laughs> <laughs> right oh, at that man. moment, the door to the back opens. <laughs> I give him another, wow. Wow, Cloak. 
So uh, in that moment, the door to the back opens and the ancient-ass tiefling and the flowing, locked, beautiful smile, chiseled jaw form of uh, the human Valus come out. So how do you react as that as, as Cloak reveals that and then these guys show up at oh, that very I moment? Think it's, that... I think it's the wow. But yeah. <laughs> into this morning, it's just kind of like, oh, and here's it's the like, Okay, who... yeah, sure, why not? Yeah, <laughs> okay. So uh, Valus comes over and holds out his hands and says, Good morning, friends. It's, uh, it's wonderful to see you. I'm overjoyed to see that you're both well. Oh, no, no, we're quite, fine. Quite the night good. last night. Good, good. Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. I got an interesting note from Vandessian late last night. Uh, it seems that all of you survived. Very happy about that. Oh, and he seems like he seems like not ashamed at all that he and his people just pieced the fuck out immediately. And Cloak is not judging them. So what uh, is it? Uh, what is it that uh, what is it that we can do for you? Um, well, you know of a place called the uh, Temple of Painful Pleasures. Oh, he uh, he kind of gives you a gives you like a. Oh yeah, look, and he's like, oh, "I've heard of it. I've heard of it. Sure, sure." Uh, and then he pulls out a vial of demon blood, and he's like, "Is this enough for how to get that information?" Devil blood. This is the horn devil blood, and I toss it over to him. He whoa! He like uh, quickly snatches it out of the air and and sort of just takes a moment looking at it. And as you're both watching, there's this wavering, staticky flicker. And his human guys kind of flickers out for a couple of frames and then back in. And for that moment, you can see the big, bellied, fat, scarified, sort of mauve-skinned tiefling with the, the antlers that have been kind of trimmed short. And then the, the illusion reasserts itself. He says, well, well. So you want to know where the Temple of Painful Pleasures is or something oh. more difficult to discover? Well, where it is, is there something more difficult to discover there? Well, that's up to you, I suppose, and whatever you want to know. I mean, I think I know where the door to the temple is, if that's what you want to know. And he, he looks down at the uh, the vial in his hand, and he looks back at you and sort of sighs. I owe you that much, at least. <laughs> I just need to know where the door is. If you have any warnings about the place, I'd appreciate it, but, you know... That's uh, whether you want to disclose that or not. Um, I mean, warnings about the place depends on what your interest is and why you're there. I mean, if you know anything about it, then you probably know all you really need to know. And if you're going in, then have fun. Well, uh, mainly, uh, uh, I you know, think... whichever whichever flavor is your preference, I don't judge. We have reason to believe that those three devils, the ritual that summoned them into your midst, threatening your very lives, occurred within that place using blood magic. So he, uh, his eyes grow hard and his brow furrows and his, his eyebrows pinch together a little bit. He's like, now I think we're getting into the territory of something more interesting. We might be able to use this blood to discover. If you just want you to know where the temple it. is, if you want to know where the temple is, I can tell you where the fucking door is. That's no problem. It's in the alleyway behind the book fetish. Enjoy. Okay. 
I know I know the book fetish is in an alleyway. There's another one. It's small. You'll find it if you're looking for it. It's no problem. Mm-hmm. You know they won't just let you in the door. That's on you to figure out. I've never really been in there myself, but I know there's uh, there's a rigmarole you have to go through to get inside. It's a secret club. All the nobles go there to to spank their mistresses and and get their groin stomped on when they're in in a mood, whatever. But you, you found out the information we needed before with your seers. Could this Mm -hmm. demon blood that was summoned trace us back to even better who summoned it and where they might be? If you want more information about that summoning, I think the blood of one of the creatures that was conjured... Yeah, I think I can probably do that. Sweet. All right. uh, Get the hell out of my bar. Uh, It's going to be a while. I'll send word when it's done. Send the moon. Thank you. And then marches out the door. Her name is Nemea. He kind of calls after you. <laughs> don't don't get mad at me. I'm terrible at names. No. Blaz shakes. Uh, I am not mad at McLoken. It's no problem. Yeah. Uh, Valis shakes. Uh, Glass. I'm Glass. Glass shakes. Valis says, "It's like it was nice having business with you again. Uh, at some point, I'd like to talk to you about the runes and the glyphs that you have carved into your skin." Goodbye now. Yeah, he's just kind of like he's kind of like looking at the uh, the the vial, like Belloc looking at the idol as the natives are chasing Indy off into the <laughs> right. into the jungle, and he's like, yeah, 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 <laughs> and he sort of wanders off toward the back. Room. <laughs> well, that was not ominous at all. Um... <laughs> <clears throat> okay, uh, so he will be on that. And we're going to meet up with everyone else like we didn't go on our own little adventure just now. Sure, sure, no problem. So uh, as you guys are on your way back to the Silk Scabbard, Rowan and Riordan, uh, you guys get yourselves together. You can have kind of a light breakfast. You know, the Silk Scabbard doesn't do like a huge heavy, and you know, it's not a it's not a greasy spoon or anything like that, but it has a few things you can eat. So you can, you can break your fast a little bit. Um, so where have you been putting Janielle up? At this point, I'm going to say that Kaja has basically just kind of given him a room at the Silk Scabbard at the moment. Yeah. But he's, he's definitely just sort of living in a hotel at the moment, right? Um, you guys had talked about finding him a place to live. Um, so that's something to keep in mind. Uh, you didn't have to put him up last night. That's fine. So when you guys are finishing breakfast, Tyron, the owner of the Silk Scabbard, in uh, his resplendent, he's wearing this sort of rich uh, purple velvet doublet and uh, kind of a a matching uh, cap. He's not wearing his big old uh, kind of felt overcoat that he was wearing before. Um, He's got rings on every finger. He's basically wearing wealth at the moment, kind of like he likes to do. He He always dresses to the nines. He uh, no, he comes over. He comes over to your table, kind of claps his hands together, and he says, "So, I hope you don't mind me interrupting very briefly. I just wanted to thank you for the assistance that you rendered last night. I shudder to think what would have happened if you weren't here, and that happened, uh, and that and that all occurred." Uh, you may have heard me saying that I had uh, contracted specialists for just such an occasion, and I am. 
very much a man of my word. So he reaches into his uh, inside his doublet and he pulls out a, uh, a folded and sealed piece of parchment. He places it on the table, slides it across to you, and he says, with my compliments and those of my investor. And he kind of offers you a little terse smile, turns and walks away. Well, uh, you should probably open it. Why not? And I, You're uh, the regular patron, or where? Yeah, you get a little, little this rope in and flick it open. Okay, so you break open the seal. Um, the seal stamped into the wax is sort of like a uh, a coin in sort of like a, a forty-five degree angle, like kind of kind of tilted on its side, right? And uh, you break it open, you look at it, and it appears to be a money lenders or essentially a bank note. It is in all five of your names. And it is drafted into the total sum of 7,500 gold griffins. <clears throat> oh. <clears throat> um, we've just become very, very rich. And I will remind oh. you that Cloak has a giant sack full of gold bricks. <laughs> well, and all of them have two of those gold bricks. <laughs> Right, there you go. If you could ever move those gold bricks. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I've not been rich before. Not even in a past life? <laughs> I'm a hermit. I'm a bird. I like shiny bird, things, hermit. but I don't get... I live on a hill, well lived. A so, uh... A yeah, I'm tired. <laughs> I'm not at all on my A-game. And we're fucking rich now, so... Uh, how much I mean, do uh, How much is... That is 1,500 each. <laughs> when did you get here? Oh so, yeah, Glass and Cloak. Uh, Glass I'm and Cloak sorry, we'll be not there. Yeah. <laughs> nope, that was while you guys were uh, were showing up. So the uh, the note itself is not basically it's signed by like what you would expect right. to be like an accountant or a notary uh, that sort of deal and it looks like it's uh, being handled for a, a money changing or, or money lending firm okay yeah do I, I don't recognize the, the names not, I mean not really yeah, not really yeah. no yeah basically you've kind of been given a cashier's check with your name on it so <laughs> gotcha so it's not like bank of Gringwalls or whatever the fuck Harry Potter. Well, it's it's got a money changer, so you would go to you would go to that money changer and and get it. Yeah. Cool. Okay. Riotan, how how much is uh, enlighten an old woman? How much is hmm. property? Um, what kind of property are you looking to invest in? Location, location, location. Depends it's on. It's all about location. <laughs> <laughs> An abandoned tannery. This is like the new show. It's like today, oh. Rowan and Riordan are trying to sell a, a nice two-bedroom <laughs> cottage in Zobek to Glass and Cloak. Mid Their Mid budget Guardian is forty-five hundred gold pieces. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was thinking you, you seemed interested in finding housing for your friend. Hmm. Did I? Yes. Um, well, I suppose Jania. I still am. 
I suppose I do owe him that much. Um, I mean, and I mean, after all, the room here but, isn't. We can leave him at the Fock House if you wish, since you seem to live here for three months, and I guess, I guess it depends what he's into. Home away from home, but uh, a more permanent location is probably smart, and they do always say to invest in property, so we're going to be here for a while, and, well, things I, have sort of settled themselves out now, so... Uh, I don't really know so. how money works, so... Glass and Cloak, you guys have arrived, just so so you guys know you can chime in if you like. You kind of come in from breakfast, and you see Riodan and Rowan kind of like head to head to head, looking at this this parchment that they're sort of chattering over at the moment. Did they forget how to read? I know how to read. I also know how to hear. Cloak. The numbers, uh, not letters. <clears throat> so. Take that. Uh, we're rich. <laughs> really not yeah, my A-game today. I mean, we're even more rich. Uh, we just got this, and I send a letter, uh, pass a letter over towards him. Oh, this is a very reputable uh, moneylender here in town. Hey. Okay, he's a somewhat <laughs> reputable moneylender here in town. It's a moneylender. Um, I was going to say, yeah. Uh, <laughs> like, everyone's trustworthy, right? Um, he's okay, the let's go the most shady challenge. moneylender in town. Why are we getting this much money? Wait, did we, wow. wow. Uh, we defended the, uh, the, the tavern, and this is our recompensation. So, uh, yes. Wait, we get money for defending yours. taverns? Apparently, there was already a hit out for defense. Right. When well, we're defending from the other heavens. So, um, I gotta go. No, <laughs> you are staying here. What? Cloak out. You have, you have snuck off far too much I... these past few days, and I think you have some explaining to do. No, I don't. I grab Cloak by his cloak. <laughs> We are going to stay together. Fine. Right. He takes out he takes out the parchment he put away in his cloak and he's like, alright. It's my turn to look after Puff Puff. No Puff Puff's been what? I took Puff Puff with me last night. But I want to go at petting her. Uh, I mean she's right here. See that go Puff Puff and then she like runs and teleports in your lap and she's like, oh <gasps> Yay. Anything to distract anything off of Cloak. <laughs> as heartwarming as this all is, Cloak, what happened last night? Oh, I snuck into the book fetish. Okay. What did you find? Uh, did you get stomped? <sighs> or no. groin stomped? No. I don't know why people find that like... Ugh. Okay. I regret this so oh. much. Yeah. <laughs> Um, That's usually what they say after. <laughs> I know how to get into there, and I know where the entrance is. Um, okay. More info is going to come up later. Um, I have, I have, you know, my people looking into it. Um, so uh, the issue, uh, well, they have a lot of stuff back there. Um, I thought they had some wizard books. I thought they had some other stuff. They had some wands made out of bones, which was, I was like, that's pretty rude. Um, they had, now, 
can I get some clarification? This vampire lady that's after you, uh, what is she after you because you worship Marilla? Yes. Yes. All right. Can we have okay. to keep going over this? It's pretty much why it's religious persecution. Okay. Let's, okay. let's well, get that one down. They, they had religious text. And also, uh, let me add this real quick. They had religious yeah. texts of uh, so on and so forth. Uh, and uh, their book was made out of a very unique leather that you don't really make leather out of. And it had a great, great burial on it. It had a nipple on it. Yeah. Hmm. Sounds about so right. I mean, we've been over this, right? We worship essentially the same things. It's just that I do it in a very different way. And mine's more nowadays. Vengeful, killing. Yes, I'm. A, I'm an absolute heretic. Um, whereas she is a bit more mainstream, and you know, for that reason persecutes a lot more. Whereas if I were in charge and in control, I would be persecuting her. Not in the same way exactly, but I would like to think on a similar level there would be an equal amount of persecution. Persecution for all. Persecution is for persecution's sake. I mean, it's one of our religious tenets. I mean, in all the honesty, she's, she's doing God's work by trying to kill me and everyone else. So can only hate her so much. I am still confused way, I admire as to her. how Milena, uh, Milena uh, allows both types of worship to happen simultaneously. Well, you know, it's all very well and nice having the choir boys, but after a while you start looking for the bad boys. Okay, so question about that. That so sounded you sure you're sounded not the a lot boy now. Sounded a lot different in my head than when I said it. I think I took a bump on the head last night, but I've been so, coming up with some too. So the skin books are the the bad Morena or the other Morena. Well that's just that yes, one. that's mainstream. She's the church. And then your... The, the your... Books, they might just be awfully romance novels. That's essentially what we worship. It's bad romance novels. Romance novels? It's is a it, part I'm of sorry, it. Is, there, is uh, Mrs. Kettlewhistle uh, part of your cult? Because she's got a lot of those books. <laughs> oh, Have you yes. any of them for, for Ariolas? One of our no, best they look like group gorks, of followers, not... most devout group of followers are. Uh, Glass smacks cloak on the head for talking <laughs> bad about Miss Kettle Whistle. I'm. <laughs> what was that for? She is not a worshiper of Morena. Uh, that's my point, man. Don't say. Why are okay. you besmirching Miss Kettle Whistle? I'm not besmirching her. She likes, you know, her like steamy novels, okay? And she, one of the uh, and... one of the barmaids kind of shoots you daggers <laughs> in her gaze from across the across the uh, the room when what? you kind of shout that to the. <laughs> Maybe you should not be shouting the name of the red maiden in polite company. What did I yell that name? I'm sorry, I got hit in the head and it just kind of spilt out. Right. That well, person doesn't have romance novels that are, you know, covered in skin because that makes literally no sense. The skin is a 
part of it. Uh, it take a long time to explain, but listen, what we've learned is that they are definitely with Cassinia in some way or another if they have those texts there, which means that in order for us to do some persecution back, we need to go there and kill them all, as far as I'm concerned. We might or have... Least Cusnia? Burn the whole place down, all of them. Every single one of them. Can I... do not advocate fires. They must all die. Can I there's, roll... There's no question of it. Can I roll religion? Um, because... Uh, I believe the evil Morena is worshipped by actual vampires, not the Dampir. Can I roll it at advantage because undead is my favorite enemy now? Uh, sure. You can make an intelligence religion check with advantage. Yes, because I have no points in it, so I need the advantage. <laughs> Remember, you do also have a natural twenty. I'm still hanging. Wow, fucking great! Double threes. Uh... Welcome to my world, you bastard. <laughs> <laughs> Double That's what you get for rolling well last time. So you have a three. Uh, yeah, you're not you're not super well versed on the esoteric religious practices of Morena in particular. Yeah, well, uh, I mean, the, the only weird thing about that room when I broke into it is that they had guards in it, and it's because a lot of that stuff is very valuable, super valuable. I was up late last night, so I'm a little bit tired. Well, here's the thing. It may early. well be that they are not worshipping them themselves. Maybe it's just that they're holding on to a couple of naughty books to sell on. Maybe Cassinia comes by and has a little flick through every now and again. As far as I'm concerned, when we're talking about heresy, as we definitely are in this case, I am a heretic to them, but they in turn are heretics to me. Now, Morena, she's telling me, and a big part of me, she's whispering to me, and she's saying, anyone involved should die and there is this well of hatred and anger deep inside of me which is just ready to bubble forth at any given moment towards these people so my plan is succinctly just to go there slaughter every last one of them if they have families we can find them as well and i could go and kill some of them maybe they have children doesn't really matter just root out the heresy cut out the cancer, and then find Cassinia later. Send a message to her that she can't just screw with us, we screw with her back. And then when they're didn't, all dead, every last one of them... Didn't you used to only worship Marina through fucking? Little bit. Little bit. Still do. I think I prefer... You know, those days aren't that. over. Right, who are you fucking? <laughs> or did you guys uh, last night? No. Did we? No. <laughs> Okay. I'm old enough to be your grandmother. Well, actually, I, I mean, I don't think that would stop him. Would that? <laughs> no. I mean, unless I he's into necrophilia. I mean, you did. You were asleep on my floor this morning, so. I mean, I. Yes, because I, I didn't know. want anyone coming to murder you. I'm like elbowing Glass. I'm like, ah. <laughs> but. Glass is, he... is like so head desking. <laughs> Are you face palming right now? I'm just like. So, do we want to talk about the blood or not? I don't know. Do we want to talk about the fact that Leodan might be a necrophiliac? I do. No, I do not want to know whether or not Leodan is that. a necrophiliac. What I would like to say is that we... It's, it's on the table, though, as a conversation piece. 
It's my party. <laughs> wow, real Ben. Wow. <laughs> Today, I'm not saying that I am. I'm just saying that <laughs> it's just on the table a as a conversation piece. <laughs> um, we we took the, the the devil blood to the cloven mine, and they are going to see if they can find out more about the ritual. Why didn't you just say that? <clears throat> I have because been trying I'm... to say that, but all you are talking about is crazy talk. Right, well, crazy, you need to really work talk. on... <laughs> the nightlife of really Zobac need to work and... on, on getting to the point, Glass. Um Well, now, <laughs> listen. <laughs> so they've got the blood, we can go find them, and then we can use the blood to kill every last one of them. Is that what you're telling me? Kill some right. of them. We can target Besides. the right people to kill, so we don't just go killing willy-nilly. Also, I am an advocate for uh, torturing for information because if you just kill them, then it's you you won't get what you're after. I agree. I agree. Let's take them down to the altars. Let's find but every single one of them the who are in on this together. I don't understand. I, I literally am like looking for person to person as I'm listening. This is like I saved us with a magical spell that was. <laughs> That was this put is myself in jeopardy. This is heresy, class. Different matter. Fine. <laughs> <laughs> what you don't understand, class, is that there's one rule for everyone, and then there's another one for me. So class um, folds his arm and just goes, "That's fine. Fine. I'm fine. Fine." Dan. Whilst yes. everyone's distracted with this, uh, Rowan uh -huh. is very subtly is very subtly rolling the bones to find out like some kind of good or bad sense about Glass. Good or bad sense about Glass? What do you mean? Uh, in her mind, asking Wotan. Uh, just for portents about how this void is this void magic affecting him negatively, or should we be concerned for something mm. he might do in the near future? Okay, um, go ahead and make me a couple of checks. One, make me a wisdom check. Oh, net twenty. All right, all right then. Uh, so also make me a dexterity sleight of hand check. Oh, great. Okay. Subtly, you can manage this. Not very. Not very indeed. A six. Okay. All right. Yeah, yeah. So all of you kind of like Rowan's just sort of waiting while you guys are getting in the midst of conversation. And then just as she rolls the bones, you all just kind of hit one of those seven minute pauses. So you all just hear clatter, 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 clatter <laughs> over on the bench <laughs> on the other side of the room. And you all just look over and, oh, Rowan's rolling her knuckle bones. <laughs> okay. Uh, man, all right. 23. Wotan, speak to me, please. Stop ignoring me. Does she not know that we're all looking at her right now? <laughs> <laughs> all right. Uh, so the... The, the carved knuckles spin and come to a stop. And as you look over the arrangement of runes, what you see is an arrangement of balance, but crossed with uncertainty. 
balance and uncertainty. <sighs> well, why are you all looking at me? Because you just yeah. dropped a bunch of bones on the table. I mean, I'm you're used out. to me I'm doing that to by now. We, you know, last night. Still a question. No. <laughs> we did not fuck. <laughs> you have to make far better advances than you have. <laughs> I look around and Leo was like, <laughs> She's saying there's a chance. All right. Well, right. Yeah. So what I'm hearing is... <laughs> but at this point, I'm, I'm considering, well, at least your goddess actually listens to you. And my prayers are answered. <laughs> at this point, who knows? I, th I feel maybe he's being half dead. Whatever this is, is some kind of punishment. I can think of a few acts of devotion if you want. Jesus. I was being, I was trying to help. What? <laughs> Why do you all assume that that has to be filthy? Does it involve you? Because it is you. Because I was just going the, to first say time, the first time bones. I met you, you were. Everything you <clears throat> say sounds. All right. So your uh, your conversations kind of meander on for a while. Um, you can see that most of the cleaning up and kind of, quite frankly, the repair of the silk scabbard uh, silk scabbard did not so much happen last night. It's kind of happening now. So they're you know sanding out the scorched parts of the floor and uh, you know cleaning up the last of the blood stains and maybe even replacing a few of the broken or nasty floor planks up on the the balcony that have been irreparably damaged by the hellfire portal that ripped itself open in the middle of the uh, of the second floor when uh, so some time passes and cloak you get kind of a combination tunnel vision and everything else around you goes quiet and you hear a voice sort of echo in your mind the right hand of the chalice pours hellfire into blood she seduces from the heart of the Bower of Blossoms. Hello? <laughs> so you recognize that it was a sending spell. You don't exactly recognize the voice, however. Uh, can you write down what they said again? <laughs> sure. I'll, uh, I will put that into uh, the VMix the chat. Sounds like you're... Uh, Thank you very much. Yeah, sounds like your fortune tellings come back. No, I would. It, it would be Valis who would be telling me that. Um, this is. Oh, I think this is it. This is it. <laughs> this is. He it. said it would this take is... a while. I thought it'd be like into the evening. We're still like mid morning, I think. Who is to say how long a sending takes? <laughs> I don't know. The right hand of the chalice pours hellfire into blood. She seduces from the heart of the bower of blossoms so i'm like i say i say that a lot i'm like so now i'm like the right hand of the chalice pours hellfire into blood she seduces from the heart of the bower of blossoms what if you will 
So, uh, Riordan, <clears throat> that first line definitely catches your attention because Cosinia was the essentially the handmaiden of the High Priestess of Morena. Uh, yes. That makes sense. She is the uh, <clears throat> handmaiden. I guess the, uh, the right hand. It's Cassinia. Uh, ah. The High Priestess is, um, she is known as Lileshka of the Chalice. The High Priestess is known <laughs> as Lileshka <laughs> of the Chalice. And pours hellfire into blood, so she's... Don't ask me to spell that, because I never saw it written down. I just, you know, everyone said her name. A bunch of L's so... in there, I think. Is this? Uh, why would they be sending this? In? I thought they were gonna send someone to come get me. I used to just call her Little Eshka, to be honest. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she was a. He said they would send word. Uh okay. I suppose they uh, are sending words. Yeah, they are sending. A, are literally sending words. Quite um, literally so. sending words. She seduces from the heart of the Bower of Blossoms. Does the Bower of Blossoms ring a bell to me at all? Um, in recent days, there was the, the Spring Festival, and Zobek was frickin' covered in blossoms. Yeah. But that's that's a, a month or two past now. Um, more with the... Uh, painful pleasures uh, book. Wow, oh. <clears throat> what is it? Oh, I think the bower of the bower of the blossoms. The bower, the the the, uh, the 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 family, the family who deals in the in in the herbs, uh, the Zealous family, the Zealous oh, family, the house, maybe their home. Somewhere there, the Zealous family. Remember, the they're the, the ones who are controlling, bringing. Okay, my way down the wrong place. <laughs> I... We should, we should kill them too. Yes. Wait, no, <laughs> no, no, no. You're right. Fine. I mean, I mean, we could. I mean, the, uh, uh, honestly, they were behind the whole tablet thing in the first place. And who is I mean, the Zealous family? Probably related they to. Are... If... The they deal in all the all the botanicals and spell components here in in town. Oh, did you I buy say about all those ingredients from them? Uh, no. The, I think you, you were at the you alchemist. Deal, went, right? Yeah, you were at the the chartered brotherhood of alchemists. <clears throat> it can be assumed that they remember they were. Get Either they, they or the fetish was short mm. on stuff because there was a shortage yes. of the crazy flower. A cori blossom. Mm. That's it. Oh yeah, what's their what's their house insignia? Uh you're not sure. Uh is Kaja around? Uh Kaja is probably not around at this moment. Definitely seems like they're heretics. So is, I think... is Tyron still about? Uh, Tyron looks like he took his leave. Um, and so you guys are kind of looking around for someone um, 
familiar, knowledgeable. Yeah, is, is kind yeah. of where we're, yeah, we're getting at here. Tell us okay. about, more about the dealers. <laughs> so, so looking around a little bit, uh, you run into Valia, who is actually just returning to the silk scabbard, and she's—I mean—you'd call it a walk of shame, given the gown she is wearing, and uh, that she is—I mean, she is done up, and it's still kind of midday. But it looks like she's kind of just getting home. But she doesn't walk with any hint of shame. She walks like she's, you know, owning every part of the city upon which she treads, and she has kind of a silk. Um, it's not quite a cloak. It's more like a shawl or a wrap kind of around her around her shoulders. And she has this uh, beautiful velvet gown that reaches down almost to the ground. Not quite, so it doesn't pick up any dirt or scuffs. And uh, her hair is done up, and she's wearing jewels. And uh, she has kind of a wistful smile on her face, and she's humming softly to herself when she comes in. She exchanges uh, a pleasant word with the bouncer. And then kind of uh, blinks as you know she, you you catch her attention and she looks up. She's oh, Rook King Switch hello. Girl. Hmm. Rook King Switch Girl. I'm sorry. What? She does the Rook King Switch a lot. What the hell are you talking about? What, what, what <laughs> are these words? I I are you are you just thinking inferno? It is a move in our chest, King. <laughs> she she laughs this uh, this silvery little laugh and says <laughs> it's it's a defensive maneuver. Never mind. Uh, how are you all? It, it's lovely to see you. Um, Glass, I was actually just coming to. Well, I was gonna get myself cleaned up, but I was going to to come looking for all of you. I have something for oh. you. Oh, you do. She uh, she reaches under her under her wrap and pulls out a uh, an envelope and hands it over to you. She says, uh, a, uh, a, a friend money. of mine, M- money? I, I don't think so, but I suppose it's okay. always possible. No, I think, I think it's an invitation. Here. And she hands it over oh. to Glass. Oh, is it okay anyway, to open or is it uh, a surprise? Oh, no, please open it. Um, I, I'm going to excuse myself and, uh, and probably take a little nap. I've been up for a long time. I'm sure you understand. Uh, I uh, I'll see you all just... later this evening. Okay. The solidified devil blood up the top level it's um not pleasant her her eyes kind of go wide uh, the, the what oh uh, we'll tell you all about yeah. it after your nap go get some rest it was the heretics i protected everyone <laughs> and i held my sword in the air it was all puff she puff. says all right um that's fine i'm, I'm going w- into the back i'm not going upstairs all right. Everyone's okay? Uh, <laughs> still a lot. So she she actually starts to look a little concerned um, and sort of like kind of shifts to where she was going to kind of blow past and head to the to the back hallway and kind of stops and and just sort of people shaking up closer. people shaking up a bit from what happened. There were three large devils were summoned upstairs and, uh, last night. I'm not sure if the body Devils. has been moved yet. A body? Um, one of Vendessian's uh, hired hands was uh, was killed. Uh, was Poor apparently Earth. used for a ritual to summon oh, these devils. That's horrible. 
Um, we are trying to we're gonna figure find out. who did it and killed them. Alright. Well, <laughs> I uh I suppose I feel better knowing that you're you're all on it, and she kind of lays her hand on, on Glaz's forearm and says well, Alright. We almost died. We could have almost died. I'm very died glad you didn't. Times. She she seems like completely wrong-footed. Oop, sorry about that. Completely wrong-footed by this, and uh, isn't really sure what to say for a moment. It, it, we we can talk about it later. It was well, all right. Um, I would say that when you do see her, uh, my companion Tilly, uh, she's asleep somewhere. She she did an excellent job, and I think that you should really thank her because she protected all of us. Oh, of, of course. Absolutely. Uh, I'd be happy to. All right. Um, well, be, be careful, whatever it is that you're getting yourselves involved in. Um, I'll I'll see you all tonight, perhaps, if you're around. How, how much do you know about the Zealous family? Do you know what their crest is? I don't want to keep you long. She uh, tilts her head and, and looks at you like, huh. And she, she kind of has this little bemused half smile and she points at the envelope in your hand and she says, well, it, it's on the seal right there. That's an invitation. The... That's an invit. That is an invitation from Anastasia Zealous. Now, son of a bitch. <laughs> and that's what? where we'll stop for this week. <laughs> <laughs> what's on the seal? What a happy coincidence. <laughs> Tell us what's on the seal, Dan. All right, so you look on the seal, and there is a, uh, a a rose blossom, and then around the edges of it, it looks like uh, bundles of um, herbs or maybe wheat, kind of stylized in sheafs around the outsides of the seal. Is bower mm. something to do with flowers? I guess if there's yeah, it's yeah, like it's, a bunch of flowers. An invitation. Yeah, a bunch, so. or it can be a um, juices, a bunch of flowers that hang over. Oh. Boy, oh boy, oh boy. Yes! That's, we've got a party to go to, it seems like. And a lot of heretics to kill. TV uh, party so, tonight. Yeah. Um, well, well, well. Thank you guys for watching us tonight. If you've enjoyed The Well Tree Burns, let us know. Um, man, if you haven't checked out CobaltPress.com yet, go and check out all the Midgard World Books materials, PDFs you can go download on our website. It's fantastic. Check out the interactive map while you're there. And uh, and enjoy the world of Midgard, my friends. Until uh, until we're back with you guys next week, and we're here, of course, every Tuesday at eight PM Eastern, so you can join us then for uh, for that. But um, let's go around the cast and the crew. Did we enjoy ourselves tonight? Where can we find you guys online, Dan? How was that tonight? Uh, that was great. Uh, we got into some stuff. <laughs> there was some, uh, some some very heavy interpersonal stuff. Some uh, some philosophy. That's always fun. And yeah, we have we have a, a couple of interesting irons in the fire, depending on what you guys decide to follow when. I'm looking forward to seeing how this plays out. Uh, yeah. So I had a great time. Uh, I always love playing with you guys. I, I miss. I miss having Simply Jackson here. We'll we'll hopefully have a, everybody together I next week. I miss my granddaughter. I know, I know. But uh, but I am Dan Dillon. You can find me on the Twitter at Dan underscore Dillon underscore one. Um, check me out. I love talking about D&D. If you have any questions about the game, I'd love to chat about it. Uh, yeah. Amazing. And Scarlett, what about yourself? That was a lot. <laughs> uh, a whole lot. Yeah, I, I'm going to definitely need to take a few hours to take this all in. 
uh, that that was great. I'm just so happy to be back with the game because I really missed last week. Damn Blizzard. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Uh, well, um, yeah, the, the the weather, <laughs> not the company. Yeah. <laughs> 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 um, yeah, I I'll be back on World Tree Burns next week. Uh, you can find me at that Scarlet Moth on Twitter. I do art, cosplay, D and D stuff, and everything in between. Also, I'll be on one of the uh, fundraiser games for the Forty Eight Hour Fundraiser this weekend. Um, DM'd by Alex Katu, I believe. Yeah, so, I think I'm playing that one uh, too. That's exciting. Yeah, it's uh, the one for Uncaged Anthology, I believe. So, oh, yes. nice. Yeah, Sweet. looking forward to that. Yeah, It'll um... be at two a.m. your time, so night time my time. <laughs> I finally get to the game, which is my time. Awesome. Fair Sweet. enough. Uh, yeah, and if you guys in chat there or. Here, have sign up to come and play, come along, play with us. There's still a few DM spots open. If you want to run a game here on a channel, you can do it. It's all in aid of uh, getting myself over to United States of America, all place to marry Sid. So, uh, yes. yeah, we'll see you guys on Saturday. I'm super excited for that. Uh, let's see, Tool School. Big episode for Glass. Oh yeah, hey, the blast! All kinds of fun things. I got to do uh, all his all his thoughts and feelings about deep magic. Uh, we got to uh, have mysterious visitors in his dreams, and wow, wow, you guys, you guys, wow! Uh, yeah, Glass has got a lot to process. Uh, I am Tall Squall. You can find me all over uh, the interwebs as Tall Squall. On Saturdays, I DM my own game over on my channel, Tall Squall. Uh, here on Twitch, and uh, we are just finished up a big arc, killed off one of the big Nemesis's bosses, boss Nemesis guys, and starting a new arc. Uh, we're uh, so if you wanted to ever come and check it out, you can. This is a great place to start because a whole new arc is just I'm kicking off. I'm going to be jumping in because I've been commissioned to make a prop from that game actually by one of your players. Ooh, that's mm-hmm. awesome! Yeah, so I'm going to be making uh, Lysithia. Lysithia, the Forged Eclipse, yeah. which is the uh, sentient sword that is our hex, our warlock's hexblade patron. Cool. Dope. Love so it. I'll be jumping into that. I'm excited. Nice. Uh, and last but not least, McLoken. Hi, I'm McLoken. You might recognize me from, do you think you know Void Magic and Devils and Deals? Um, so, um, yeah, I, uh, I had a, a great time tonight. Uh, I believe I kept Dan on his toes for most of the episode because I was like, oh, let's go do this. Um, and then taking Glaz yeah, on uh, the, the adventure. I, I like I, <laughs> when I started talking about uh, uh, Cloak's Cloak, uh, all, was, all I heard was, oh, shit. Like, <laughs> yeah, that was, that was me. <laughs> oh, shit. Um, and, and I was just like, oh, don't let that break you. Um and uh yeah i had a i had a blast tonight uh i like episodes that were like strictly rp heavy and uh you know um there's a lot of character bonding i don't know how glass is going to react yet just for the simple fact that uh he he put it in the back of his head and i don't know if later he's going to come out and be like you fucking killed someone like (laughs) but who knows uh yeah that's me you follow me at my twitter at mcloken i i'll tweet out whatever show i'm going to be on um i'm going to be on metamaster channel this week uh or this friday for warhammer uh 40k rogue trader game 
uh, which I'm super excited about. So yeah, it'll be our third episode, I think. So um, on that Mondays on main gaming channel for Numenera and uh, here. Fantastic. Well, um, boy, oh boy, oh boy. Gonna have to wait until next week to figure out what happens next on the World Tree Burns. We get into our uh, last sort of mini arc, I guess, of this season. Uh, we've got another what, four episodes. I think this episode twelve. So um, yeah, oh. we're getting close to our finale, oh, which I'm yeah. getting excited about. So um, yeah, cannot wait, cannot wait. But um, that's all we have time for tonight. Tomorrow, oh, tomorrow we've got a special thing happening. We've got a uh, special Call of Cthulhu one shot uh, happening. It's Ghoul Town Two Electric. I don't know. Ghoul Bugaloo. I don't know. It's it's Ghoul is a Call of Cthulhu. It's shitty romance. It's um, the the, <laughs> the most uh, right. yes, cliches yes. that you can come across. <laughs> There's zombies. Uh, it's it's going to be a great time. It's all happening at 2 p.m. Eastern uh, here tomorrow. We did one early last year just before Christmas, and we had a great time. So we're back again uh, this new year to do another one. So I'm excited for that. Uh, and then of course we got the finale of my Warhammer game happening, a uh, little mini series I've been running called Spite of the Witch King. And then we have Tales from the Loop, Little Buses here on our channel at 8 p.m. Eastern. So, uh, we'll see you guys then. But until next time, try not to roll too many that ones. We want to be here laughing when you do. Good night, everybody. Bye. Good night. Bye.